This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Jason Thompson here. Across the table, Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. To my left, big man on the board, Chris Sims. And we will have Jim Franklin here tonight, who is going to become more of a regular host on the podcast moving forward. And uh, glad to have you here. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to be aboard. Part of the team now. Uh, here's a look into what you'll be uh, we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, we're going to do a little gear and review talk. Uh, we're going to talk vices and a few other things. Uh, we're going to do a fly fishing for dummies. Uh, what do you need to get started with smallmouth fishing? Which it doesn't take much, and there's a lot of other fish you can fish that gear for. Uh, <coughs> we're going to do some... Uh, Fishing talk from the week, what the guys got into out on their adventures out on the water. Um, we're going to talk about us being insta-famous for a week. Uh, <coughs> a figure eight talk and uh, a little bit about what the video that, you know, got a, us a bunch of likes and everything, uh, what was in it. And, you know, we talked a bit, a little bit about it last week, but I want to go into what made the video, you know, hit like that. Um, we're going to do up upcoming events. Uh Chris went to Cabin Fever, Muskie Max, and uh, Mentor Youth Day, uh, the FT3, you know, things we've been talking about. Um, if we have some time, we'll talk about my little bit of funny adventure to Pittsburgh yesterday. Had a great time with my family, so. And if I'm drunk enough, like I was last week, and I apologize for that, we'll go off the rails later. Um, before we get to all that, Mark, who sponsors the show? Tonight, we are brought to you by Yeti, built for the wild. Sims Fishing, check them out at simsfishing.com. A-Rex hooks, fresh and salt water. They got all kinds of goodies. We got a blue water sitting in the hook right now. That hook is stout. So if you're looking for a nice thick hook, that's the one to check out. We've also got Cortland Lines. Been using their uh, 500, 600, Sink 4, Sink 8 lately. Really good line. Check them out. And we got a new one coming here. So once we get a little more fine-tuned, wait on that one. We got a new sponsor for the show coming soon. That's exciting. Friends of the show, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding. We got Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Thomas Schenk at Chippewa River Custom Rods and our buddies at Muskie Fool. And don't forget, Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, Beast of the East. Right on. A new friend of the show this week. We'll probably be talking more as we get going with them. Uh, probably, I'm sure we'll have Matt on again. He's been on quite a few times. But two touch, they've got a lot of tournaments going on through the year. We hit one last year in, in the middle of the year that was a lot of fun. So it was kind of nice because it was the same fishery as the Beast, but we messed around a little bit. And we did the first day like we did for the Beast, and was like, well, it's a completely different time of the year. Yeah. The water's not where we want to be right now. We played around, and the next day we're like, flip it. Let's go to the river and, and just let's flip what we're doing and go there and try oh, I it. Th I thought you guys started trolling or something. No, we just <laughs> we just switched the whole game plan and just went and spent. Now, like this year coming up, we're like, we're just going to mess around the river and have fun for that tournament and yeah. just do something completely different like that we wouldn't do for the Beast just because it's the same water. and Sure. So, yeah, we're going to talk. They've got a, they got a pike tournament coming up here, which contemplating. I, I wouldn't mind maybe taking a ride out for that. That's uh, Yellow Creek, I believe. Yep. But Nittany Valley will be putting on a few things here and uh, with Muskie's Inc. So. And that yeah. is a I'd, – I'd go with you, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, the is danger that due date? zone. That's danger zone. I don't <laughs> remember what it is. When is that? Due April date. May? Due date is June 7. Oh, uh, it's not that late, is it? I thought it was the end of May. Maybe it is. Yeah, you could, you're probably right. It's probably end of May. We don't play music anymore. Yeah, because last year they did it. I think it was earlier. Danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> they did it earlier last year. I think it was like a massive blizzard. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, we uh, well, we were supposed to go out last year during our first blizzard, that uh, Martin Luther King Day blizzard, when you and Michael went stomping around 
the brookies. Oh there. yeah, and the whole creek was froze over. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I get there and I'm Literally looking around. I'm like, where's the creek? Like, where's the creek? I'm like, well, it's it's right there. We can't see it. Looked just like the. Yeah, woods. we got we got 18 inches of snow that night. Yeah, <laughs> nuts. And three inches yesterday, and then today it was 50, 55 degrees. It's nuts. It's nuts right now. Oh yeah, it doesn't know what it wants to do. I keep seeing those memes on uh, on the uh, social medias where, uh, you know, Mother Nature says you can't do all four you know seasons in one day, and then Ohio and Pennsylvania say hold my beer, you know yeah. that kind of stuff. That's how we've been living lately. So roller it's coaster weather. Yeah, it's up and down. It was up and down. seventy degrees last what Thursday, right down to and literally dropped forty degrees in one night, basically yeah. like a twelve twelve fifteen hour period. Insane. Luckily, we didn't have any tornadoes. <laughs> I mean, for yeah. real. Yeah. So we want to get into our uh, first little topic here, the uh, our little bit of gear review. Mark's got his vice here, which is a badass vice. Yeah, I got a new it's one. A I great brought vice. it with me. Tell new us about toy. It. I got a new Regal Revolution. So I've tied for what better part of four or five years on an hmh and it's been fantastic there's nothing wrong with it absolutely loving it. it's still kind of the workhorse but i'm going a little bit of a different direction with trying to go more and in a different manner and the regal allows me to do it especially too with now like the bigger flies going into triples and moving shanks in the middle right i can pop that head off through the shank vice in or the shank head in and just keep right on rolling set multiples up beside each other and just it's a little bit easier but I think something, in my opinion, that makes a good vice, and I guess we'll start, like, what makes a good vice is depending on what you're going to use it for. Because there's a lot of great ones. A, um, Renzetti, Dynaking. Um, what's that one you have for a cheap vice? Uh, Griffin. Uh, Griffin. Griffin yeah. makes a great vice Odyssey. for a cheap vice. Yeah. But it depends. I mean, if you're going to be sitting and tying a lot of big six socks, you're going to want something with a big, heavy head on it. Mm -hmm. You're going to want something that's sturdy, it's going to hold up there. When you get to kind of like the needle points, there, I mean, they can slip a little bit on you, but the vice is also, if it's not in a C-clamp, it's going to want to move. It's going to want to rock. So you definitely want to go with, like, sturdiness. I know that's one thing that I look for in my vices. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I have a very cheap, cheap vice, but for me, I do a lot of game changers. It holds shanks. It's quick. I was going to say, so I was just going to say, the one nice part about, like, them little needle points that come up, like, say, say a Renzetti does or your Griffin does, is really good for shanks. They're yeah. perfect for holding the shanks right in the back there. And a lot of the big manufacturers now make shank heads. They do. They do. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm sure it's getting a lot more popular with those flies being yep. as popular as they are. Mm -hmm. I just bought a new vice, what was it, two months ago. I got the uh, salt, the Renzetti Saltwater Traveler, the all-black one. I think it's the 3300. Yep. And uh, I, I really, really like it. And, and the reason I got that is I knew it would hold – you know, 99% of the flies I tie are anywhere from 1-aught to 8-aught. So I, di I didn't want anything that was... I have a smaller Regal that I used to use for, for trout flies, but that, that Renzetti I like a lot. Yeah, and that's actually the one that I sold to you. Is a, that's a one below. Like the years is a 33 or 3,000, whatever. Yeah, that one I was like a 2,300. I have nothing to nice. compare it to, but it is a very, very It is. Nice it's a nice little vice. It, works, it really is. It works good for, like... And, like, once I, like, my... HMH broke, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks. I literally, I ordered this, and the next day the HMH broke. So I went back to the Ranzetti, and it took me a few days to, like, get that groove going with it again. But once I did, it holds well. I mean, it's a great vice. It, I mean, every one, too, depending on, I like a straight shank across there. 
I don't like that dip in there because with doubles and bigger flies, then the fly gets wrapped and you go to spin it. Look, when tying top and bottom, I go to spin it under, then it's stuck, then it's just, it binds. Where when it's straight, and one thing I love with this new um, Regal is it's got a magnet on the top of it, and it holds that double right on the top of there. I pull my hand right over it. I'm spinning around where it's it's super easy. Like the HMH, it sits right on the top of it, and I can do the same. I can pull my hand around it. But that's something important if you're working with a longer, bigger fly. I, th I think something that's straight across there and doesn't have that little drop in it where the fly can kind of back half drop in is clutch as well. Yeah, and the, and um, something to note, that won't work with uh, saltwater hooks, that magnet. Yeah. As you know, because they're stainless. That fits still good. Really? Nice. I retract everything yeah. I said in the last it's 13 <laughs> seconds. Dumb. It's old in there. <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah, it's... That's a Jay who was using it, messed with it earlier on the uh, stainless hooks. It holds them. Nice. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Good. Yeah. And it's orange, man. Yeah, I got it's the orange. orange one. Yeah, it looks. I was looking at the. When I was trying to decide, I was looking at the green one. Yeah. But I mean, like, let's say you take this vice, for instance. If you're looking at a Regal, they have. This is a monster head here. That holds one aught to eight aught. So I wanted this one for the biggest stuff, mainly because if there's anything smaller, when I'm doing minis, I'm just going to keep rolling with the HMH. As I go, I'm going to move to the shank aught. There's shank hook. That's going to hold. A lot of the yacht stuff, lower aughts, and the shanks well. Then they also have a big game, which is going to be, I think it's like one or two to five aught. Then you got the stainless head, which is like 18 mm -hmm. down to one aught. And then you have your traditional, which I believe is what you got. Yeah. I think that's like a 28 down to two. Yeah. So depending on what you're tying, I mean, there's plenty of options. Mm -hmm. Do they have a tube head? Or not? Mm -hmm. they, they do. I they thought do. they did. Yep. They have an actual um, one where the mandrel sets straight in, and then you clamp or tighten it down to it. Yep. Yeah. I just use the HMH attachment. Yeah, the adapter. The adapter yep. for tube heads. That's what you've got, by the way. That whole pack. There's a big bunch of tube fly stuff in there. Nice. I'm not even messing with it anymore. There's I'm going to do I told I told Tim I'd tie a couple, and I'm, I have yet to do it. But more, I'm going to tie a couple. to you. Yeah. I'm going to give it a whirl. Why not? Use it for pike. Yeah. It'll work. There are materials all over my table at home. Good. Everywhere. So, yeah, tell, everywhere. let's get into a little bit. Uh, You just started, you know, just getting into the tying, and the first yeah. couple of flies that came off the vise looked pretty good. Yeah, I had a little and bit of trial and one error. One here somewhere floating around. I, uh, oh, yeah, over here. They belong on the table, Jim. That's where they stay. I'll leave it over here on the table. Yep, forever. No, not forever. I got to stick a fish with that. No, that looks that looks for 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 yeah. your first week of tying. That's a good looking fly. That'll yeah, be, that's fishy. I mean, I I started off with just you know a regular just plain old deceiver and was just kind of messing around with it after I took my vice home and just had a box of you know stray material. So I just figured I'd play around with some stuff. And uh, you know, I started tying. So I figured you know we're we're gonna get into smallmouth fishing. We're gonna get into the pike fishing here pretty soon so i figured you know i'm not going to get into tying a full-fledged musky fly just yet because i mean there's still a lot i get got to learn but from what i've you know gathered from a watching mark and b what i picked up you know researching my own stuff watching videos and things like that i was like you know what i'm going to tie a couple pike flies i had a couple color combos that i thought would look good and i mean i had a handful of you know fish masks that i needed to burn off anyway so i figured i'd try it so rather than going into a full you know Right out the rip, going to a bucktail, I, I stumbled across some synthetic material at a hobby store that was local and happened to work out really well. Holds water great, and I I think it's going to stick a fish. 
I mean, that's a good looking fly. So were you tying that just straight back or is that palmered? Is that like a, is that like a brush type material that that's you're getting a, from your, that's just straight back. You top just, and bottom, you're just, just tying it back, in yep. just straight back. It yep. looks like it would be a deceiver. I thought it was some faux bucktail when you sent me the picture originally at work. Every, you know, I, I've showed it to a couple people, and they, they keep thinking the same thing. I've been asked, you know, is that the synthetic bucktail? It's not. It's not at all. I mean, me personally, I've never I've never held it in my hand to tell you the I think that sounds better it, than the fox bucktail. I do not. But, I, you know, it ties yeah. in really nice. I mean, it bites down really, really well with the thread and everything, and. I mean, I I got it wet. It holds water great. It's gonna. I I will say this: it is a little heavy. They are a little heavy with that material well, on it. But what size rod synthetic. did you throw it on? I would throw that on probably like an eight weight. Yeah, yeah, like eight, eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. Ah, throw it on a seven weight too. So if you it. if somebody was starting to tie, uh, there are a ton of good kits out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we forgot Peak. We never mentioned Peak vices. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. they're very reasonably priced rotary mm-hmm. vices. Yeah, they're yeah. good. Chad Chad yeah. tied on a Peak yeah. for years. Peak's he loves his Peak. Bike. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so there's there's I mean any fly shop local to you is going to have tying kits. Uh, I know Musky Fool has tying kits for specific flies. So if you wanted to tie like a single Buford or a double Buford, they have a kit for that to tie the sucker, and it comes with the the feathers and the bucktail and the hooks and. So if, if you're just getting into it and you don't you don't have the inventory you think you need, uh, a lot of the fly shops have. I remember when I was getting kits. into it and into, into just tying flies originally, and that actually is probably my second vice that you took the C clamp off of, Mark. But I remember the first one I had was uh just the one right out of the Cabela's magazine, man. Dad yeah. got one that's one right out of the Cabela's magazine. We strapped it on the table and Away you went, you know, and that's how I, yeah. you know, something on something shitty. My first one was like the cheap little regal knockoff. Right, right. But the sucker didn't hold past like a, I don't know, maybe like a two. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, these things, you couldn't clamp anything down on like that on them. But yeah, and it's. what you need to start, you know, and just getting into like, you learning to tie just the material to the hook is like when I said the most important thing. If that thing goes in the water and gets smashed off some rocks or eaten by a fish and it doesn't fall apart. You did a great job. That's right. That's that's the most important thing. The rest the rest of the technique all it'll come. Yeah, and it's not rocket surgery, right? No. Like you can get on YouTube, you can look up any I mean, there's a lot of good tires on YouTube. Uh, that was the first thing like when he told me, I said, Go to uh, Brian Wise and start watching the uh, fly fish nose art film. Yeah. Yep. I said, watch Brian's stuff. So he does one of the best jobs. I said, watch watch him. I'll get you a couple books. I'm not the best with, like, hands-on teaching. I'll take your stuff. I'll tell you exactly what you need to do, and I'll say, do this, do this, do this, or show you it. But I'm not, like, the best of, like, hands, like, here. Doing, like, no. You can watch me, and I'll, and I'll tie a fly, and I'll show you. Or you can hand me one, and I'll walk you through exactly what to do. And just keep coming back, and we'll keep fixing things. And we did that last night. Swung by, started doing woolly buggers. I was like, all right, well, that's the start. Do this, do this. The next one came back. I'm like, all right. The next one came like, all right, there we go. Then my last one, I'm like, yep, there you go. See, got it. I noticed I, I noticed I do better with super specific questions whenever I'm asking you about something time. Like yeah. if I ask a basic <laughs> question, it's like I don't get the answer I'm looking for. But if I like really dress it up and make it like a super addressed answer, you're just, you're just oh, yeah, yeah, it's, you got to tie it this way. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was asking. <laughs> Thank you. That's the information that I needed. Speaking of Brian from Fly Fishing the Ozarks, I was watching one of his videos and he got one of those tie craft flying tie 
fly tying stations. Okay. So I got a hold of that guy, uh, Drew, and we connected, I want to say over Thanksgiving or over Christmas, and my station, he just emailed me yesterday, he's done, he said it's done, they're going to pack it off and send it off to me, and I'm super excited for it. Because in my, my, tie, my tying room is also my wife's office, so during the day, the kids get in there, and they love to play around with the bucktail, which is fine, but then they drop it on the floor, and my dog eats it. Oh, sure. Yeah, and after, you know, now bucktails, more than 10 bucks for a good tail. Even that, when in the hell and ever did your wife want bucktail to be spread all over the place by your dog? Zero times. <coughs> exactly. Ever. What's 10 times worse <laughs> is when it's being spread all over the place by your husband. <laughs> yeah, it's bad enough you're spreading all over the place. Yeah, so he cut. he's cutting grooves in the side so I can pick it up and put it on the bookshelf and just get everything out of the way. Nice. So my kids can't touch it. They'll find a way, but this way, at least they have to critically think on how to fuck my stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. It'll happen, but hey, yeah, I, I know I, I messed plenty of my dad's stuff up throughout the years. Uh, I oh, took yeah. plenty of ass opens for stupid things I did with everything. Well, my <coughs> dog from day one walked up to that bucktail, sniffed, and was like, yeah, you're going to learn now. That is no... Nope. Yeah. I let him play out in the garage when I'm doing deer tails. But he's, he doesn't need them. He doesn't, like, pick one up. He'll, like, get into them and sniff them and, like, bury his head in there. But he won't grab one. Hmm. My my dog won't find a pheasant in a field. You can set her <laughs> out there. She won't. But if there's a bucktail at the bottom of a bag anywhere in the house, she's on it. Okay. Yeah, it's very discouraging. Chad had a coon hound that was very, <laughs> very into you know those types of things. I remember how much, how many trouble, how much trouble oh, he had Maui. with her. Remember Maui? Yeah, he was. Yeah, oh, she yeah. always go. Ugh. <clears throat> so, but, uh, if you have that? questions about tying, um, shoot us a message on Facebook or post on the Facebook page or shoot us a message on Instagram. Absolutely, we're happy to answer any of your questions or you know go go further down the rabbit hole of different things. Yeah, I mean, we all tie. I mean, Mark obviously ties more than both of us, and combined, he, you know, he has probably will answer questions better than any of us. But I mean, we all tie a lot, so I'll have information to be given. So, speaking of information to be giving, given, uh, do we want to get into our uh, fly fish for dummies, uh, smallmouth one hundred and one? That sounds great. Man, bourbon's good. Hmm. You can it talk is. about wow. bourbon for a second if you want. Yeah, I mean, but hey. I've never had this one Go before. Ahead. My dad calls me this week, and I don't know how I stumbled across it, but he had a bottle, a couple of bottles of this stuff that he got given to him. It's Redemption, and he had a regular, and he had a high rye, and I like the rye. He got me going on that. Yeah. I like a little spicier. Wow. That's one of the better ryes I've drank. It's got really good taste to it. It's 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 a little hot, but it's not. It's a 90 trooper if it's not. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not. No, but the back end to it, it's got like a nice sweetness to it, and then you got your real good your rye. Yeah. Nice. Redemption High Rye Bourbon. That's real good. Highly recommend. Tonight, I brought in Mellow Corn, bottled in pond. It's, <laughs> you, can't get it in, you can't get it in Pennsylvania, but uh, it's fantastic. It's like 15, 20 bucks a bottle, no matter where you live. Uh, it's 100 proof. Except for PA, because you can't buy it here. Because you can't get it here. You can get in Ohio? Oh, yeah, you can get it in Ohio. Oh, I got okay. it in Illinois. You can get anything in Ohio, man. <laughs> yeah, I think. Really? There is no rules over there. It is the Wild West in Ohio. But it's a, it's a bourbon drinker's secret. 
Mellow corn. It's it looks cheap and awful, but it's not. It almost looks like Malort. It looks pretty cheap and awful. You brought it in. I saw the yellow label. I was like, oh, God, that's not Malort, is it? No. No, no it's not. It, nor will it ever be. It, it, it almost lures you in with like, hey, this is going to be like something, you know, that's going to be halfway decent. It says mellow corn. There is nothing mellow about this whatsoever. I mean, it, t- it starts off smooth, but in my opinion, it, it comes back with a, with a bite there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, I mean, you guys, yeah. yeah. Know, all right, coming from the guys with the full beards, I don't expect, you know, that kind of answer. But, you know, for me, with me, for, for me and him over there, Mr. Sure, J, sure. yeah, I don't, you know, I'm Maybe it's your I'll mu- stick with my mouth. Maybe it's your mustache. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> I have a Yo, you, you do have Jay a. Jay wasn't you do have down a, here for the mustache comment. You earlier. do have a, uh, str- uh, Chris, you do have a strong, you know, taste for those type of thing you you like something that bites you like a little you know you do like that's how i can tell absolutely i can tell with the style of stuff you bring you know what i mean i i'm not that big a bourbon trigger i will and i like it when you guys do it but like again if unless you're gonna hear me at the end of this podcast crying (laughs) about you know daddy dances and all this other shit you know you probably don't want me to go down that hole i honestly think in my opinion a lot of it comes down to chewing you think so? I, do. I don't have any taste buds left. I do because I was I'm the same <laughs> yeah, way. Like from chewing yeah. for like even like like when I smoke cigars, it had to be like a dark heavy cigar. Like I mean any of your Connecticut stuff like that, I couldn't taste anything in it. And even like bourbons and drinks like that, it's like I need like everything like I I chewed, drink, it's I chewed Grizzly in Copenhagen straight for forever. No, but no. forever. How like realistically, like a couple of years. No, I'm talking no, like I bet you, I bet you 15, probably, 20 years. In, I, I bet you I probably chewed for 10. Like, yeah, I know you're well past that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I, I've never chewed, <laughs> but, I, I but I like the taste of asshole, so I think I'd like the taste of most other things <laughs> oh, that we're talking You're in, you know? I'm not saying it like you like become like bourbon yeah. because of that, <laughs> but I think like the strongerness of it. like. Yeah, I started when I was 12 at the bus stop. And I I quit for about five years, uh, and then I unquit. So I don't know that math is twenty five ish years. Well, damn. Maybe maybe when yeah. I grow up, guys. Yeah, you're still only up. twelve years old. I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe well, when I grow up. You know, there is there's a well there's a even to anything. I think there's you know just drinking it and drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. You'll start to have an acquired taste. Anything. It's like it's like coffee. Even for me, yeah. I I went from you know. Fruity, shitty coffee too. Okay, well that's black coffee with sugar in it. Now it's okay. Well now it's a lot less sugar than it was before, and that's a lot less sugar than it was before. And I was like, oh, I don't even need sugar. Now I'm just drinking black coffee. And, you know, you never look back. Well, and it's a similar. I think it's a similar to anything. You know, that happened around the time of puberty was usually when you switched to black coffee, Jay. No, no, not no, your 30s. no, not me. No, this is well. This was. I would say that in my 20s, sometime when I switched over to black coffee. You know, it was sometime when I was working on the landscaping crew. That's how I started drinking whiskeys. I started drinking Manhattans, and I was like, I like these. And then the more I drank them. I like those. Yeah, and I said, hey, make me a Manhattan without the cherry syrup in it. So then I'm drinking those, and I'm like, hey, make me a Manhattan without the cherry syrup and the ice. And then I'm like, all right, now make me a Manhattan without the vermouth, the cherry syrup, and the ice. And they're like, so whiskey. I'm (laughs) like, yeah, I guess that's where we are now. (laughs) And then it's grown from there. You know, I started drinking Bullet, and then I went to Russell's, and then as I drank more, I realized that there's a lot of different Russell's flavors. Russell's is what screwed me. And, and folks, this is how people also overdose on heroin. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm joking. But Russell's yeah. is the one that got me for sure. Yeah, I brought it's like that. we drank some bourbons. And he's like, you like bourbon? I'm like, I never really drank. And he drank a few. And then he's like, you taste that? And I was like, oh, my God. This <laughs> is really good. This is like life changing here. This is like, wow. It was life changing for you. Oh, yeah. I love it, it. it got you back into bourbon. Russell's is, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah Russell's And is I tell you super. what, like if you can get your hands on a single barrel. Oh. oh. Yeah, you still have that one. I got you. Um, there's maybe two sips out of it, and it is clean broke at the top. Whoa. I got to get the cork out. It is full. There's literally two one-shots pour, one shot poured out of it. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you get that cork out. I bet you will. <laughs> <laughs> I went to pull it off. Michael was over one night, and I was like, hey, it's been like a year since I've practiced. Let's have a sip. I go, poop, <laughs> pops right off the top. I say, okay, well, nope, guess we're not going to have this one. Let's pick something different. <laughs> I think I grabbed the uh, Remus. That Remus is a good one, too. Yeah, I uh, I got a bottle of the Larceny Single Barrel. Oh, that's got to be lights out. Oh, dude, it's what are they, that 100? Fantastic. A little over? Yeah, a little over 100. Nice. That I almost brought really it tonight, good. but... I didn't want to share it. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. If we all come to your house sitting around a campfire, you could share it then. That's Absolutely. the place, time and place for something like that, not on a podcast. If you're listening and you like Maker's Mark, but you want it a little less sweet, but just as good, try Larceny. Absolutely. I mean, I love Maker's. If I just want to go have like a nice little sip something, that's like a perfect sweet one. But Larceny's like that wheat without as much sweetness. Yeah, it's and good. it's super good. The only thing I've noticed with Larceny is you have to drink that bottle within three months. Really? Or it starts to change. You know, the more you open it, yep, it airs out. It, yep. yep. It it, cha- it changes that bottle and it's not as not as good. It's still fine. Jay's over here digging his pen into his paper going, jacking up my thing schedule. I had everything all lined up in a row and I read go down his teeth. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, 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 I'm writing no. I'm I'm over here actually writing down. I think we should open up a, a little bit of a new segment to the you know, the podcast. Maybe a little bourbon and you know, we'll call it cigar and bourbon or something, or some, you know, oh, some I whiskey and bourbon. Uh, I, I like cigars as well. The table you know, over here is nice. Jay got his little table cleaned yeah, off. We got all of our yeah. bourbon yeah. sitting over here. I was thinking more I don't like, like how we were far gonna, away it is. I think <laughs> we were. Right, I'll grab I was it more here. of a uh, thinking it was going to have like a pedestal on it and maybe a GoPro, like maybe videoing. Oh, but, that's you know, that was like kind of where I was going with that. But you know, if it's if it's got a bunch of liquor on it, I'm not going to complain. We can make that happen. I, I know that's we're we're we're, we're working. Well, that's all in the works. If do that, we can run it on like something live and just have it like. We'll just pop my. <laughs> nah, yeah, I know. I've been, we've been. Ooh. This is all in my head. This is all. You Jay's, just gave Jay's, me Jay's, so many ideas. I know Jay's idea's so head was rolling ideas. today. I was like, oh, I got to do something productive this weekend. But uh, now you guys keep talking about bourbon. I think that's good. We covered a good bit of bourbon. Yeah. There. You like it? Yeah. Is that good. Yeah. All right. You wanna, yeah. You want to start talking about some smallmouth? Yeah. Let's hit it. Well, smallmouth will be you know heating up. Within, a, I'd say, a month or so, you know, you'll be able to get, get out and get some. Once you clear um, 50 water temp. Yeah, I mean, May for something sure. right May around for there. Sure. Once you clear 50, 55 ish water temps. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll late late April, May. May, yeah, I'm I'd usually say, starting yeah, to see them when the trout streams window. pretty we're heavy in, in May when they're starting window. to run around. Yeah, I mean, if you know where they're winter holding at right now, they're going to be in their winter holding and you can oh, slow sure. dredge them. But yes, if you're looking for them active swim bait fish, yeah, and then your 50s. Yeah, they usually move out of their winter holes around 55. Yep. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, they're they're definitely somewhere. They don't disappear. <laughs> but um, when you're getting into the you know into the fly, uh, smallmouth world, fly fishing, um, coming if you're coming from a gear perspective or things of that nature, all we're trying to do is basically mimic gear, uh, and a lot of different aspects. You know, with your 
different things like uh, tube lures or you know jig style uh, jigs with just crankbait, uh, whatever on the back of them. Right. Uh, Gulp. Yeah, you're golfing. Golf. <laughs> Any of that kind of stuff. Uh, Ned, Ned, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ned Rig was where I was going. I was yeah, trying to Ned, get. That's what that's, I was losing on Ned Rig. You know what I mean? And those kind of things with you know, clouser minnows or top water. Ned Rig, Gulp minnow. If you can mimic them three things, you will always catch smallmouth. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so on the gear side, Mark, and this is you know you know more about gear than me. So, like, what what's something that uh, somebody should look into when they're trying to get into you know smallmouth? What oh, what's the words gear. should they start rod wise? You, you want, what do you what do you your opinion? I mean, I guess my opinion is going to depend on too. Like we all have different um, mixed on this because it's depend on size of water. If you're in a small body of water, I really like a five Start or a six. Start let's go up. Yeah, I really like a five or a six weight with like a two or a six clouser because that's going to be perfect for that. If you've got your trout rod, that's a perfect rod to take over. If you're getting into bigger water where you need to get the fly down or you're going to start throwing in like four to six inch streamers for them, then yeah, you're probably going to want to be in a seven or an eight weight. But a lot of you are starting off and you already got the trout rod, a five or a six weight. That's perfect. That's mine. Like, when I go even anymore, all of our water around here, and even when we're floating, how many times now am I grabbing that stupid pink rod? I'm throwing the dumbest freaking thing. It's just, there's so much fun. I've got my daughter's little $30 pink five weight. It's an eight foot. It's, like, a little stiffer, so it throws streamers great. But I love, I mean, a five weight, six weight is a great small stream rod. Oh, and especially, you know, with the smallmouth, you know, the only reason we're moving up the the rod size at all is just to throw a little bit bigger fly at them 100 percent, right you know it's Absolutely. never to you know because you're catching i to fight a 18 inch smallmouth on a five weight there's nothing better in the world if you can get that to all work out how you're th maybe throwing a small clouser certain times a year and you can catch them on a smaller rod it's going to be a lot more fun um i use a five weight personally Usually, if I'm now again, if I'm on my boat and I know a certain time of year, maybe or certain places here or there, I, I'll probably I'm gonna use a seven weight. I just got a six weight, so I'll be hooking that one up and probably be throwing it with for uh, trout and bass. Like my bass streamer rod and my trout streamer rod are all the same. You know, I'd like right. to have one set up with a sinking line. You know, for something that you know any kind of flies you that might have uh, a buoyancy like a game changer. You know that you need to get down a little bit. You might want to look into an intermediate or a sinking line. Mm -hmm. um, I like fly. I like the lines that sink it down quick, uh, especially with a lot of the trout water I fish. It things got to be down there fast. And now, you know, set yourself up with a nice fly that you know has some buoyancy. If you if the water's not moving quite as fast, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, have a quicker retrieve. You know, don't let your fly get down that fast. You know, kind of that's how I I change personally. Unless you're going to buy six different lines and you're going to have a a giant set, you know, with an intermediate and a sinking and a floating. I mean, you could get away with having just a floating line for your smallmouth. I mean, 100% really, you can. But yeah. 100%. I like you to know have what? one of each. And here's the thing. Like, if you take a floating line, you're going to throw a popper, take your leader out to throw a clouser or whatever, like a sculpin helmet <laughs> or something to go deep. And if you want to run a swim bait, run a fluoro leader and throw two or three split shots above the front of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I when I'm smallmouth fishing, there's never a chance that I don't have a split shot on. It's 100%. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm running a clouser mill, I'm running damn near almost always a split shot. I want that flight under that. If I'm not throwing a popper, I want that thing under that water now. I don't want any hesitation. I want it, boom. As soon as that thing hits, one strip, and then fish will be hitting it like almost instantly. And, what's so and you can use a floater for the whole line across the board, 100%. I like that. And like you were saying with the sinkers and a floating line, I love to be able to mend 
and let that because you let that fly fall now. Now you're catching so much more, and different circumstances do different things. But I like that situation a lot. Yeah, when I when I fish a uh, a crawfish, I or or something I'm trying to make Ned Ned rig ish, I will run a 12 foot leader mm-hmm. on a floating line, and that way I know I'm bouncing bottom. You know whether it's a sculpin head or I put a couple of split yeah. shots on it. So I honestly prefer a floating line if I'm fishing the very bottom. If I'm fishing that middle water column, I always almost use an intermediate. Almost and always. Myself, I use almost always a sink. I'm usually running a triple density or like a f- three or a four inch. I really like because a lot of times when I'm smallmouth fishing, I'm either ripping it or I'm pausing it. So if I'm not running a sink, then I'll run, like you said, like an intermediate, mm-hmm. like a Murditch or a swim bait or something. I'm not, I'm, and uh, Murditches are great. I'm a fan of what I like to do is I take a zonker, tail it out the back, and I'll put some kind of like little, maybe like a mono strip or something just to hold that tail, palmer it up the body a little bit, do a wrap or two of schlopping, and then put a dubbing head on. Because then, you, like, if I'm going to use it as a swim bait, I'll keel the hook and then just run it just the way that it is. Now, if I want it to go deep, I use a 26-degree bend, flip it over, and I shove a sculpin helmet on it. Same fly, same everything. Boom, I just serve two purposes with the same exact fly right there. And it does identical. And you can rip it right across the top. The thing darts right along like a merch. Perfect. And it's it's a double, you know, kill two birds with one stone on that fly. Yeah, I'm a slut for a circus peanut. Oh, it's a oh, great yeah. one. <laughs> Feather game changer. Yep. If you want oh, to take yeah. the time to tie them, an inch and a half, two inch feather game changer will slay smallmouth till this all day long. Barely legal. Another one. Oh, Love that one for you know mm-hmm. smallmouth. That's another killer. I mean, the he- pl- what's the, I don't know. I'm probably not the right heifer groomer. Is that the one with the wool head? I like wool. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of wool. I love like smallmouth trout flies with wool, just because you can trim it and you can get that exact head and, and it holds water, so it slaps down and fishes right now. But whatever that one is, maybe it's a zoo, no, it's not a zoo. Zoo cougars are a great one too. Yeah, that's that got is that a nice really good bait. fly. Yeah. Um, not um, heifer groomer maybe. Maybe. Something like that. But, yeah, it's got the wool head. That's another good Kelly one. Oh, there's – man. I mean – uh, Kelly's flies switch for smallmouth flies. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. every Perfect. one of them. They're great smallie flies. And, and the tight lines crew, a lot of the flies they've got up there, Schultz crew. So, like, that's like you said, all depends. I mean, the Schultz guys, they're up there a lot of times of the year running them swim bait flies. Yeah, the, and they're throwing like the, the Loomis eight weight rod, which is a perfect rod for that. It's a little shorter. You're able to actually work it like you would a swim bait rod, where you're snapping your wrist with it, which is a great idea for a fly rod. And they're running like the swing and D's and stuff like that through four and a half, five and a half inch flies, which, in my opinion, from like March, April, May, when we're catching most of our smallmouth on an eight inch single Buford, oh, that's as, as fun as it gets. Because yeah. when that summertime comes and that water drops out and it's low and it's clear and you're really having to fish hard for them with little clousers or um, not squirmy wormies. What the hell is the name of it? Mr. Wiggly's. Mr. Wiggly's. That you're going to appreciate that time of the year where you can chuck five inch flies and them things ravish them. So take that time because you don't have to be throwing. I mean, I'm not saying don't be throwing small flies early, but don't. <laughs> yeah, Remember that day that we were floating and literally we were throwing like two inch flies and then they started smashing the pike flies and we left the pike fly on and cut smallmouth all day long on the pike flies. They wanted nothing to do with small fly then. It was just, it's so much fun that early season when they're just smashing big flies. Well, we've had, but that's where that seven and eight weight comes in. And we've had days where we've done better on musky flies for smallmouth than we have for smallmouth with smallmouth flies. 
Oh, there's yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a bass thing in general, even the springtime. You know, territorial. You, I'm sure yeah, the higher water, usually higher water territory. They're you know they're going to be in and out of. Yeah, you you're know, not going to get them to do that in low and clear. No, no, not unless it's almost dark and there's shade on the water. You'll get them to chase up to it. Like they might follow it, but they're yeah. not usually going to commit. Not a big fish. You know, to see the and you know to start out. I mean, honestly, go find a spot that has a lot of small fish. You know, yeah. and just go go pick the crap out of them, and then you know move your way up and find bigger water. And you know, every every piece of water in this whole area has smallmouth in it. Yeah, and Tim Landwehr wrote a really really Tim and he had a he had a co-author, but his book is fantastic. Oh, there's fantastic. Yes. What is it? Smallmouth on the fly or something really complicated like that? I got that. We'll bring that in one next next time. Yeah, I've, I got, it, I've got it too. I've got it on ebook. Gosh, there's a couple other. I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, we had him on, Mark. He was on the podcast once. Uh, gosh, real good friend of uh, your buddies. Um, he passed away. Did he? You talk about the guy that wrote the couple books, the, the smallmouth small Tim. Tim. Oh, dang it! You Wonderful would books. Put me on the yes, spot. Yes, sorry. I thought you you have them. I thought you I had. have them yes, too. He is and friends with Ted. He was yes, friends with yeah. Ted. He passed friends away a couple years ago. We did have him on the podcast like yeah. four or five years ago. He was wonderful, but oh, I, he I, was. We'll, he was. We'll, he has we'll all the old school flies. Yeah, we'll look We're that gonna up have to look at that. Yeah, we'll look that up. That one's a great. Those are two great books if you're going to get into smallmouth fishing. Um, Jake Vilcock. Jake, yeah. Jake uh, he Vilcock, has another yeah. one of those guys that if you're going to look into smallmouth fishing, look up Jake. Jake has a million patterns he's tied that were great. Um, yeah, and he's out. He's out on the uh, the tour right now, plugging his book, and or he was on the tour. I don't I don't know which fly fishing film shows are left, but I know he was at a couple of them plugging his book. Tim Holshog. Yeah. T- oh, yeah. Yes. Tim Holshog. Yes, yep. that is. Oh man, his books. His are books both are fantastic. He talks about crayfish hopping, making yep. loops in your fly he line is, to get yep. that downward hop, and you're feeding the fish now, and the it's, your fly is actually. Just walking its way right down into the fish's mouth instead of you making the fish move for the fly. Which, if you want to go out and pick off the smallmouth and you want to see them ripping big flies over top of their heads, you know, isn't always, you know, depending on time of year and how you're going to do it. But, yeah. man, there's so many different tactics in those books that, you know, you can use and really step up the game and, you know, get yourself into some fun fish. And They're th- my favorite fish. I think one of the best things about smallmouth uh, as a as a, well, I'm going to call myself a weekend warrior for fishing. You don't have to get up with the butt crack of dawn to fish for smallmouth, and you can fish for them when it's 90 degrees, and you can still have a stellar day. Right? Like muskie? No. Uh, trout? Absolutely not. But that middle of summer fishery, you can sleep in. If you've got water, too. Especially yep. if you've got mo- okay, not low. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feeding time. Yeah. You don't even have to have a pair of waders. No. You go out there, wet wade. That was always what we, we went smallmouth wet wade in Columbus all the time. It was just, just a great time. It's the time of the year I actually take mine off. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I usually take mine off around April, May. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, there, for me, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, June. It's like know, July before mine come off. That's a, it, and it's a great opportunity because you usually, you know, you could get into them even through the summer and you could get into some lower water where some places in the spring might be, you know, Full of water, not really accessible, you know. I'm going to take you, can get you into. to a spot this year that you've never been to for Sweet. smallmouth. Sweet. W- sounds great. It's going to take about 10 minutes to fish it, and you're out. 
but you're going to crap when you get there. You're like, you're kidding me. There's no fish in here. And sure enough, Ted told me about it. He's like, you got to go check this spot. We went in there. I took Michael in there. We got three over like 16 in there. And like, and there's literally enough room to like make like 10 casts and you're out. Take a long walk and go down the hillside. <laughs> I think you took me there one time. Oh, that's right. You did. did. Yeah. That's right. We yeah. did. There's a pike in there that day? Yes, he was. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. He was. This little thing, this, I'm telling you, I think, this creeps, you like, I think you hooked him and broke him off or I something. I might have. It's like twice as big as this table. That's it. Wow. Yeah, it's like eight feet wide. That's nice. But it has to have enough water, and they push up in there out of the lake. Sweet. I, you know, like I was, like, there is nothing more than to just to rock down the river in one of our rafts or any of, you know, your river, any of the rivers, creeks. Boy, and just do a smallmouth float in the summer with no, sh- you know, no shoes on in the boat. Has a more relaxed ah, feel. Smallmouth floats. It does. Float, it does. Yep. And not really as tense. No. And there's less pressure. You know. Sure. You just you're just out there having fun. Yeah, if you mess up, your another one's gonna eat in a couple minutes. Just wait. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. You know, though, I will say we've had days where they don't like that. Even that, like. I'll say I, I've lost a lot of different fish, and I, I'll tell you what, the one that really still haunts me is I had a big, big smallmouth out the river, come up, jumping into the air, fly, comes game changer, comes flying back at me from its mouth, and I mean, this is a big fish, at least 20 inches, we'll say, a 20-inch class fish, and boy, it's still just, it, that, like, you know, those fish that, like, man, I'll never forget that fish. My aren't, dad was right there. Sorry. Go aren't ahead. all missed fish 20-inch fish? Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if they're small mouth, yeah. And if they're, if they're musky, they're 40s. Right. Of all yeah. fish, that large mouth. Yeah. That's the one that gets me still. That one. Because of what we did and how we tried to figure out how to get a huge fish out of there to hook that fish and oh. lose it. You know which one I'm talking about? The one about? off the tree. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, fish was so big. and just buried pounds. me in the weeds at least. And just as soon as it ate it and just monster there are big bucket mouths in that little place too mm. Jeez, we went in there we went in there the one day and there's a there's a picture of if you go way back on the instagram there's a picture of me and you mm-hmm. rolling you through in my rap you climbing the tree because oh, I, I hung did, that yeah. popper in the tree and there's like this dead tree and he's climbing <laughs> like oh man this is gonna break he's gonna die trying to get my popper out of there he's gonna like impale himself chasing to go swimming and then the uh ward and stuff that he's sitting on a rail rail uh watching us He's like, you guys got everything? We're like, here's our license. Here's our jackets. He's like, don't row over. I just want to watch you. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, but uh, surface flies, you know, poppers, you're going to be looking at the boogle bugs, <coughs> Mr. Wiggly's. Uh, boogle bugs are a staple. Yeah, boogle bugs. Uh, yes. Yellow, black, and blue. Uh, those, those are And white. Those, those are the four colors you need. You need tight lines is a good one for boogle bugs. They're ones yep. that always... One of the yep. main ones that carries them. They've always got them. And so not, and not, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Boogle Bugs. But I was meaning Mr. Wiggly's. Oh, the, yeah. I think they might be the sole distributor of Mr. Wiggly's. I don't know. They very well. They they very well might be. I got two. I need to order some because I always keep asking yeah. Ted. He's like, yeah, I'll tie them for you. And I get one in five months. I'll make you some more. Well, yeah, thanks. And <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've got all my uh, Mr. Wiggly's from tight lines and then every year we go to michigan so i always stop in at schultz here's something i want to do a bunch of boogle bugs and let's get technical about it because you know how i am i can't just do things one way sure i really want to get a short six weight like an eight footer with a like a slick shooter 
uh, bonefish type long head for Mr. Wiggly's. All right. Pick up, lay down. Pick yeah. up long 50, 60 foot pickups and lay downs where you can just boom, shoot it back and boom, fire it out. You know what I mean? That would yep. be like a slick little for like our local creek that gets low and clear. When it's like that, and we got to almost push the raft through it. You can sight them fish standing up on the center. Boom. And you can fire long ones, drift it over them, and just pick it up and lay it right back down. Instead yep. of fishing that thing and strip it back up, like a nice line like that with a real long, like a be something slick to have for Mr. Wiggly's and stuff like that when we're sight fishing them from the rower seat. Yeah, that'd be real good for Mr. Wiggly's. And the, the big thing with, you're going to find with most poppers, uh, don't pop hard, really. No, and give you know, pauses in between. Oh, yeah, yeah, big, long pauses. Let mm-hmm. the, even let the ripples dissipate. That, yep. That's my rule of thumb, let, yep. is let it land, give it, a, give it a, a movement, and then wait until the ripples go away, and then just give it another small movement. Don't pop, pop it. Just make it ripple, and then let it float. You know, the longer you can continue that drift to continue that float to keep that boogle bug in there, just barely moving and pop it every now and then, that's the way to fish that fly. I see so many guys on the river stripping it back in like splash, splash, splash. And it's like they're fishing for Well, peacocks. now here's the other thing, right. though, too. If you are not getting them on that, then you're going to get them on. It doesn't have to necessarily be a splash, splash, but like pop, 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 pop. And keeping that thing at a steady action while it's going, or is there a spook style one? Right. Because they may not want it just as slow, and they may want a little more action. That may be that swim bait fish instead of a crayfish fish. Mm-hmm. That crayfish fish very well may still eat a popper too. That's sitting for long periods of time. But that swim bait fish, he's gonna look at that and kind of move on. So that's where that. But ninety percent of the time, you're right. Let that thing sit for long periods of time. Ninety yeah. percent of it. Hundred. Yeah, I like that. I like the big yep. pause. The pause drives them fucking crazy. I, what it, is. it just absolutely drives them absolutely bonkers. It's like. And, and having <laughs> and having a popper that has like rubber legs or something off of it, so in them pauses, it's up there just moving. Yep. Yes, I think it's clutch to have some kind of rubber leg or something off. And Landwer calls that the confidence eat when it, when they just come up and sip that popper. Yep. Oh yeah, you get the, the yeah. toilet bowl flush <gasps> when it just goes down. That's the best. I, you know, even with that, we're going with the pop, 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 and pause, man. With a lot of the flies, you know, game changers, even being just deceivers, any of that. Man, let that pause happen for a second on on even underwater retrieves. We you talked know, about that last yeah, week just, with musky, with that, everything. Man, that, that pause, that pause. That, yeah, you let pause, it get that pause yeah. and hang, and let it sit for half a second. Don't just go back right into ripping it, and man, you'll drive them nuts. It'll it'll drive the fish nuts. And that's why that Murdich minnow works so well. Mm-hmm. Is it just mm-hmm. ripples? It ripples perfectly in that in that mid water column. It's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, if if you've got clear enough water to watch that thing move and work, it's awesome. That's that's half the fun. And watching the smallmouth come up and and then it just all you see is the, the fly just disappear. That's the other half of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, it's, that's 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 that makes smallmouth just one of the, my my like I said my favorite overall probably overall fish. Yeah, I uh, locally we have. I think pound for pound outside of sucker, uh, smallmouth are the hardest fighting fish in freshwater. Bluegill, but yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe bluegill. They're a mega bluegill. The, yeah, that yeah, broad yeah. profile. But man, like that, they that fight. Gives them they that fight. power, man. That, and that real still, broad. There's still broad another one after them. bluegill. There's bluegill, one more, and then smallmouth. What's the one more? It is a bass. 
Hybrids? No. The rock bass? Yes, sir. Pound rock. for pound. Old nothing outfights that rock bass, man. Good things are the best. Old red eyes. That is the only fish that, like, when I catch, I do still go, but I don't know what it is with them. I catch when I go nuts. I freaking love rock bass. They're so, and they're, I can they're never, uncommon, I, man. I can't, I, no, and usually where I always used to catch them at, I'll go, like, go there and specifically, like, bring a woolly bugger just to fish for them. And it's like they're not there. We yeah, get them in the big river every now and then. I love them. Yeah, you, I you love see me stripping bass. in a fish, be like, oh, it's a dank. And then it'll be like a rock bass. I'll just turn and go nuts. Yeah, it's a rock bass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get more excited over a rock bass than I do a muskie times 100. I'm wow. a long I don't know why. Is, or, and I'm a green sunfish guy. I think it's just a green sunfish. The oh, one yeah. that almost looks a little more bassy. Right. Oh, they're, I love them. They're, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh, a gurgler isn't a terrible fly either. No, that's a, a really good fly. Yeah, yeah you're right. 100%. I was, I'm just thinking back. I want to uh, catch bass, even just largemouths, up behind my dad's house in a little creek. And gurglers working really well. You know, something goes submerged and then pops back up to the top. And I tell you, one fly that I really like that's super easy for deep fishing, if you don't want to do a clouser or want something <laughs> different, take like a little bit of craft fur, put it out the back. And I like the, when I'm fishing bottom, I like them A-Rex 26-degree bend hooks. They're just, they fish so nice on the bottom. But just a little craft fur out, go right to the head. You can wrap the body with a little chenille or something. Go right to the head, reverse wind craft fur, and shove another sculpin helmet right over it. Yeah, those, those. It's a super simple little fly that is just phenomenal smallmouth fly. Those sculpin helmets are awesome. Yeah, and it's for just. For so many things. Because you're going to bury so many of them. You're right. slamming them things down on the bottom jigging. You're going to snap them because you're fishing six or eight or ten pound. And you're just going to break it. Or you're going to strip set them too hard and break them off. All right, fellas, I think we're getting into smallmouth 10 or 201, right? When the yeah, you're probably works. right. We got yeah, so probably right. I think, you know, we're... We're, we're, uh, we're at break point. Yeah, we're uh, going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the guy's fishing talk. Uh, and uh, we are Insta-famous. Yeah, turns out-ish. Hey, and we're back. We uh, pontificated on a few things while we were sti- sitting around the table. Um but hey, we're here to do some fly fishing talk, and uh, some of the guys went fishing. I did not get to go fishing this week. Uh, neither did Chris, but uh, Jim and Mark went fishing. <coughs> we're going to start with Jim. Jim going from hero to zero. Uh, <laughs> you know, that that's the musky moniker, you know. Uh, how's that feel? Let's, let's go uh, get well, into it a little bit. You know, <laughs> feel like the previous 16 months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, it's no different. <laughs> I had a couple highlight moments, you know. But, uh yeah, I was able to fish on Wednesday. Um, we had terrible weather. We had, you know, a lot of rain falling throughout the majority of the morning. So my miner that I had going through the morning, it was it was absolutely garbage. And uh, I kept watching the weather and kept watching the weather. And I seen that I had a break, you know, like right around 3 p.m. where, like, the rain was going to kick out. And then it was going to spike right back up going into, like, that 4.35 o'clock mark. And that happened to coincide with, you know, my major that I had for the for the afternoon. So you're a so you're like Mark. You're oh, a, I'm watching. You're it. a major yeah. miners yeah. And, and every other kind of moon phases well, that it well, could ever I happen, mean, right? You know, I spending enough time out there, you know, solo fishing for him. I mean, you know, I'm kind of starting to piece everything together. It's it's you got to pay attention to certain things. I mean, granted, you know, sure, a lot of it's luck, but you know, I mean, I knew that the like. I had that window between 3 and 3.30, and, you know, I had a break in the weather after being out there in that extreme rain, and I was able to move that move a fish. I, you know, I only moved the fish one time, and 
that was all she wrote, but still it was I knew that that three to three thirty window was my time, and I was able to move a fish in that window. I got it on film. It's you know not the best you know because of the depth of the fish that was that whenever it came following it in you know it's very hard to see. You can see color of the fish coming in behind my fly, but did a couple lazy turns on me and then just kind of went off. And then I never seen the fish again on that day. And then it you know continued to turn into a monsoon. It opened up and I got rained on a lot and all of my gear was completely soaked by the time that I got back to the truck and got everything off and man I gotta tell you the heater inside that tundra was beautiful (laughs) absolutely beautiful after being out in that rain for a solid you know half hour you said you got everything off <laughs> I uh, <laughs> oh, I, you know, oh yeah, we got I, you it know, all uh, on that on, in that video. It's it, it uh no, it it sounds well. We're gonna talk about the video a little <laughs> bit next. Just in a second, just in a second, no, in a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make funny a little bit for this. But God, boy, in that video, it, man, it did, this sure sounded like you were right there too. <laughs> we skipped a part about what happened at the tundra. <laughs> what happened before you got listen, into listen, the heaters? We're, we're talking about two completely separate fish in a cage. I'm yeah, talking we, about yeah, this yeah. week. All right. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. You're, you're talking about the footage, footage yeah, from, yeah. from the video. Yeah, we're going to talk about that yeah. next. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, all right, to to clear we'll up a little bit of later. confusion, okay? So my grunts and groans weren't because of, you know, being, oh, my God, there's there's the fish that I'm targeting. It's eating my fly. That was because it was super cold, and if you could tell by the video, there is frost holding my basket up the entire way on my net before I dig that into the water to actually scoop that fish. Everything hurt, okay? So you figure if your gloves are a little bit wet and it's freezing temperatures, what do you think it's going to be like gripping onto an aluminum net handle? My whole hand froze to that net. Everything hurt. The wind hurt on your face. The air hurt that you were breathing. It was super cold. And you know what? Fish in the bag is fish in the bag. Hey, that's your story and you're sticking to it. Hey, I'm not up. Hey, you caught a fish. That was beautiful. Everything hurt. And it was, it was, and it was a cool, cool fucking video. We'll get to that a little later. But uh, yeah, just it was funny. A couple, there was a couple, you know, comments about couple the, comments. Yeah, about the grunts and groans. And hey, I, 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 oh, I was with right. it. I gave him a lecture on the hook set already too. Okay, <laughs> that was a nice video, but next time you point the rod down, you strip the line in, you take your right elbow and you jam it straight back to the right. Oh. Fish so in the bag <laughs> is fish in the bag. So this time you just got soaked and shit on and yeah, you know, hey. Yeah, musky trip for the week totally. It was you know, I don't consider it a waste because I knew that again, like I said, I had my window. I moved a fish in that window. That's a win for me. I mean, you you can't judge you know catching one being a good musky trip if you move a fish that that's just as good as catching one in my opinion it's always a lot better to catch one but still i, s- I saw a post uh this just as the uh the other day and a guy was saying that uh you know he was floating down in the kayak and he was gear fishing i don't know it was just on some stupid fucking reel or something and uh <laughs> but he, it, it had the the thing was you know he wasn't catching shit you know just going down smallmouth fishing but man Still beat the crap out of being at work. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. you know, I, I just I feel like, and he's like, "Is that you know is that a true thing or whatever?" And, oh, abs- to me, absolutely. You know, being I I love my time out on the water, and it's precious to me. I don't get to be out there as much as 
some other people, and you know what I mean. You get I, to tune out the every, world, yeah. Man. Oh, every 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 second out there is just a wonderful thing. So that was a cool, you yeah, know, like you even having you know just a crappy day, you got rained on. Shit, still beat the hell out of fucking yeah. selling cars, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Still, but any better than a day at the office. Yeah, and I think sure. that's why I like musky fishing so much. Is you know I run three companies, and when I can step away and just fish and shut my phone off and just be out there, I don't care if I get skunked or not. Which is why I fit in very well with musky fly fishing. Is the skunk doesn't matter. But to piggyback off of what you said with the moon phases. I get so few opportunities to really fish during the week that if I'm going to take a day off, it's going to be a new moon or a full moon. Oh, it's you gotta going, yeah, you got to maximize your trip, man. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going to take a day in, in the middle of the moon phases when the best major is at 2 in the morning and it's, it's flat the rest of the day and there's nothing. I'm not, I'm not going to take that time off of work. I'm going to pick the best moon day I can. Yeah, and that's like I mean, I'm going to hop into mine yeah, because I, it works perfect because – the day before that, I went, and that's when that weather pattern was shifting. And I'm going to be the Debbie Downer on it because I'm looking at I got a nine to twelve window. I've got a major. Uh, I was coming up in, off. I think I was coming off of a major and had a minor coming at like two. But we had a lay in the wind, and then we were turning to like straight forties. So I was like, all right, maybe this shift's going to happen. I moved to fish too, but the way I looked at it is, this fish came in a couple feet behind. It did the same thing. It's lazy. That to me is. Same as not moving one. It's not an eating fish. That's a fish there that's territorial. He's just escorting it out of there. So it was a window there that kind of, that was a weather window that, I mean, I'm not fishing a whole lot right now until the show's over and just trying to keep up with flies and everything. It's just all day, every day. So I was like, all right, if I'm going to go, I'm going to take, and I was looking at a weather window there. I wasn't trying to pattern a, a um, major or a minor. I was looking at where is this weather going to shift and where are we going to have a pressure shift? And that's where I kind of wanted to see. I mean, that was a learning experience on my end, too, because I wanted to see are these fish going to come up? Are they going to porpoise when it's this cold or are they going to turn on? Because like, if it's the summertime and that happens, a lot of them fish are going to come up and porpoise because their swim bladders are going to get jacked and they're going to try to figure out how to get comfortable. So it was kind of like I knew that that window was happening and I saw we we're going to have like a point pressure change. It's like, all right, let's see what happens here. Will these fish turn on? And no, they just, it's a lot of movement. It's kind of one of them things where it's, you know, like running 50-pound fluoro all winter long. Don't know until you try. Right. That's kind of what I want to do right now. It's like I'm, I'm looking for things that are very standoffish. You go, okay, what is going to happen in this period of time? I'm going to go right on top of a fish. I know a fish is going to be here. I'm going to stay right where a fish is, and I want to see what is going to happen in this weather pattern. And that was one there that, nope. No good. Try again. Yeah. Did uh, Was that your only fishing excursion? Dur- I mean, I know you're tying like crazy no, right now. that was now. it. No, I think I had like 80 musky flies this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I could have, I would have probably tried to get out Thursday after Thursday evening, maybe for some smallmouth. Um, one of our uh, old buddies got out uh, down to a couple local spots. It. And... Uh, Definitely gotten into some smallmouth and some walleye moving around nice. uh, on the local. And a lot, a, a few big smallmouth. Our buddy Jace sent me some pictures of some beautiful smallmouth. So, you know, if you could have got out on a night like that, you know, I was Since wondering. That's 70 degree day. Yeah. If, you yeah. know, that evening would have probably been good for, you know, most any fish. If you get a f- water temperature jump a few degrees, 
you know, for I'm not talking for muskie, but even even for muskie, might get him to move a little more, might get him a little more active to eat. Just to, I want to move or anything, any water temperature jump up. I feel well, like I tell is you what, once you a clear little that, bit better. That 20 degree mark is kind of the mark. Once you clear that 20 degree mark, it usually shuts muskie. I've never seen them eat above that. They, I mean, I'm sure that they do. I'm sure they do in my time. That's always a tough one. Smallmouth love it. They love that high pressure because typically what comes with a big change, we talked about this on yeah. the show recently, is yeah. that a big pressure change, which, which shifts musky. But when you go to a high pressure change like that, oh, God, man, that's smallmouth heaven. Yeah. You can't beat it. That'll take them right up out of their winter holes right to the edges there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a that's money a, day. Another, like, if you want to get a trout to move real quick, yeah. you get a couple degree move or even... A couple degrees, super high pressure. I, oh, yeah. I've noticed all the, in just even the, the small trout, you know, the evenings have been way better than the mornings. Mm-hmm. It's all evenings, all, all more active, a little mm-hmm. bit a little bit warmer from the sunlight from the day. You know, the bugs are a little more active in the afternoon to evening, you know, so you get the fish more active. It just it just seems to be that way this time of year, even if you're out just even the smallmouth fishing. I bet it's a little better in the evening than it is in the morning, but that's what Jay said. He was out in the afternoon. Yeah, I wanted to get out Thursday afternoon on the big river, but we got an inch of rain. And yeah, it was, it was <clears throat> chocolate milk and it was ripping. So, no dice. Yeah, it was definitely. He said uh, we didn't. They didn't bump ours up from the actual dam. No. So it was just a little bit of muddiness. No, from, and it was f- low and muddy, so it worked out. Our free clerics pretty much came right back down. Mm-hmm. The other ones are still. They're held up a touch, but they're. I mean, you can still fish them right now. Yeah, I had a, I had a buddy go out brookie fishing that afternoon, and he yeah everything. I bet he murdered. Out. He crushed them. Hmm. crushed them so jim <clears throat> um that bit of water that we got probably helped you out this weekend uh you were having sunday fun day up at the uh Erie's tributaries sunday fun day yeah i've been uh i've been spending you know the last little bit of steelhead season that we had and you know what we have as far as brown trout around here you know trying to focus my sundays on picking off them before the you know the season runs out and uh I went on to Pennsylvania side uh, today for most of the morning, and uh, you know, starting off the morning, it was a little, you know, a little slow. You know, it was a little bit cold. You know, we had really, really clear water on uh, on the Pennsylvania side of stuff, and uh, didn't didn't get any fish. And then eventually, the sun came up. And, you know, it started to warm up. We went from, you know, that high 20-degree temperature to, you know, starting to get into that upper 30s, that, you know, low 40s, 41, 42. And then I noticed, like, once the sun fully came up around 1030, we really started picking fish off and uh, ended up getting a couple really good steelhead. Did Um, you give any of the eerie shuffle? What's that? Did you give any of the eerie shuffle? What's the eerie shuffle? The eerie shuffle? Yeah. When you pull them up close to the bank and then you get behind them and you, you kick them with your up boot. On shore? No, no, no. I didn't give them no eerie shuffle today. <laughs> no, no. I took a net with me. The, no, I took a net with me. No beaching today. No a steelhead is the only fish you don't have to treat with respect. <gasps> it's a river boot. It's yeah. A river boot. Like get a clo- yeah. You get it close. You grab the leader. You walk up behind it. You kick it up on the. You back. know, it's funny that you say that about a steelhead because like. In a New York, a salmon, the, the respect for a salmon is like next to the none whenever you go up there fishing. People go up there, they respect the brown trout. They hold them as like a deity. And then the salmon, they're like, yeah, the hell with that fish. It's a it's lot. Gonna, it's going to die we're, a week. We're, 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 abso- yeah. we're absolutely anyway. just joking. I mean, we're absolutely just joking. Treat all the steelhead great. We're This is just a joke. Oh, that's, that joke stems back many yeah, years. Yeah, this goes way back. This club them with you, the handle yeah. of the oh, net. Exa- exactly. If you don't club them when they're coming, head. yes. 
Take him up to why Hardy uh, makes a priest. Take him up to uh, Uncle John's <laughs> and he'll get you uh, some smoked. If you give him yeah. a steelhead, he'll yeah. get you some smoked steelhead right there off the shelf, and you're good to go. Yeah, but uh, I ended good up. Too. Uh, it is I good. Mm-hmm. So my my fish for the day that I would I would hold out of uh, you know out of all the rest of them, I uh, I tied a bunch of uh, you know little butterflies, you know getting into tying. You know I'm starting to learn the different ones, so I I went over and. With Mark and you know, I whipped up, sat there and tied a bunch of them. I have a question about the woolly bugger that Go you tied. Right um, did you what tactic did you use in your woolly bugger to get it to the bottom bottom? Conehead. You used a cone. Perfect. I used a cone. That's one of my yeah, favorites. I, didn't, I, didn't wire I gave wrap him the I option. Do you want to put wire wrap or a conehead? I don't want to do a wire wrap. Give me a conehead. Yeah, give me okay. a conehead. <laughs> so I just told him bring your vice. I'll. So uh, yeah, I yeah. ended up using uh, some gold chenille and uh, like a. Like a caramel colored marabou, and I wrapped a white feather around it with a with a brass cone head, and kind of made like a little natural bait looking fly to it. You know, kind of give it a little bit of neutral tone here and there, but you know, still give it a little bit of a dark profile with the tail. You know, just in case if I did want to fish in a little bit darker water. Did you put sparklies out the back? Little sparklies? I did on that one. Oh, good. That one had yeah. had some copper flash. In yeah, it. there you go. A little bit. You gotta put the sparklies in everything, bit. right? Oh yeah. But um. I ended up uh, pegging about a like 17, 18 inch brown. wasn't a huge brown. Phrasing, phrasing for real, dude. Phrasing, phrasing. <laughs> oh my god, you guys went to pegging. Don't look at me like that. That didn't take long. And this is how things go south quick. <laughs> So anyways, all it takes all is right. Jay to yeah, about right. blow a whole mouthful yeah. of yingling over me. He did almost spit oh, yingling all over you. I looked up and right, thought guys, I was so going to we're, we're going to, you know what, we're going to, you know, keep this on a mature level. I'm okay. going to rewind it and I'm going to rephrase this, okay? okay? So I ended up sticking this fish. Okay, okay. perfect. I love Does it. Does that work yes. better for you? I ended yes, up sticking it this fish. Worked right. perfect. <laughs> that worked better. So Absolutely. I stuck this fish on a fly that I tied and, oh. you know, you can't describe that feeling. It worked out. And that fish ended up being, it was like a 17, 18 inch male brown. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You know, real clean fish. Got a good release video. It was beautiful. And everything. Oh, it was an awesome fish. Yeah. I would have, man, that thing would have been posted. It had been cemented all over my Instagram if I caught it. Out of an eerie trip, I was, that I was, fish was super, super light colored, in my opinion, for being out of an eerie trip. Usually, most of the ones I catch out of any kind of eerie stocking program, usually they're super dark by the. By this time of the year, so yeah, a lot darker brown color. Yeah, that one yeah, still had a lot darker. Yeah, a lot like of orange in it. Yeah, yeah, it had a lot. Man, it looked. It was a real pretty fish. I was jealous, Jim. I was real jealous when you post when you or not post when you sent that to me. I was like, you son of a bitch, out there having Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. I'm Fundays. down in fucking Pittsburgh right now, sitting in a fucking hotel room. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was in Costco. When I saw the picture, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, we were all we were all living uh, vicariously through you being out there. Uh, who do you go when you go up there? Who are you going with? And uh, I mean, you are know, they also fly fishing with you? Are you the only one out there swinging I'm around the flies? I'm the only one up there swinging flies. And today, I mean, I I took my dad, and my uncle. So usually I have a couple buddies that go with me, but today was just you know a family kind of day. I took my dad, and my uncle. I fished mostly with my dad growing up, you know, bass fishing with my grandpa and stuff. And my uncle kind of, you know, came along into the steelhead and pitcher and started catching on to it. <clears throat> but um, took them up today, and man, they were both using spinning gear. 
my dad has a center pin. And oh, jeez. <laughs> man, it was just a night and day difference. I The catch ratio. Penner Jim Sr. Yeah, Penner Jim <laughs> Sr. You know what? That's funny you say that because he is a senior. I'm the junior. Yeah. yeah. So... <clears throat> But yeah, we there, there was a ton of sm- the little itty bitty stocked fish. There was tons of them. You had balls of them just swarming around every single pool. So you know you catch about you know two dozen of those, and after that, that's not fun anymore. But ended up sticking a couple steelhead and that beautiful brown trout. So it was a really Did you stick good any good steelhead. Were they all smolts? Uh, no, a couple of the steelhead. I ca- I caught two really good hens. Two really good hens. They were probably you know that mid twenty, like twenty five, twenty six inch fish. They were both really good. Nice, good nice, fights. Cl- nice clean fish. They weren't you know scarred up or anything or really colored. They were actually they're pretty bright. It was surprising to see them in that low clear water like that this late in the year with that kind of chroming to them. Were they sluggish? And uh, oh my god, super clear. That at one point I got to this one pool. And there had to be 20 fish stacked side by side in this. But you're talking water that's less than, you know, 18, oh, sure. 20 inches mm-hmm. deep. And there's just no chance of you getting anything yeah. to them. Most of, the, most of the fish that I caught today, uh, granted the small ones came in kind of the shallower stuff because you could see them in the bait balls. But all of the big fish, they came out of the deeper pockets. That spot where you, you know, see, you see it go down and it just turns into like that milky green color. That's almost where every single one of them were. You could see the tops of the silhouettes of their back still just because it wasn't quite deep enough, but it was just enough to where you can get, you know, bug down to them and stick a couple of them. So it was a good morning. Oh yeah. I, uh, I, I grew up, uh, walking that Creek. That's where I caught most of my first fish in my life at that place man i've walked up and down that place for years it's 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 fun it's it can be fun when it gets that low i don't really prefer together when it's that low but it's still one of those places you i saw a guy we know real well just walk through that place and man he, people were walking past fish and he's watch out for all those riffles they're in all those Riffles that if they're a foot and a half and it's a riffle, there's probably like seven fish sitting in there that nobody sees. Mm-hmm. And you I every hundred you feet, a, you run a beat there through be there. A ah. I picked off so many of those small stalkers today in little small yeah, like shallows. Yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's, there's just too many of them in there now. Of yeah, them sitting in there. Well, that's what I was telling him. That's one thing I used to like to do is I would get like them. Uh, oh, Senyo had them artificial intelligence and intruders that were just like flash. You need to get high up on them riffles mm-hmm. because there's no weight to them flies. Throw them on a floating line unweighted, and they would just barely get underneath that, and you can just swing them through that foot riffles. Pull so many fish swinging flies out of foot of water. So many of them up there. Was that under a uh, – going back to your fish there, the – Under bobber. Was it under the bobber, or was it, uh, <laughs> was it stripped in? No, that was just straight throwing it out and swinging it down through the current. Oh, no, you were no, you were no, swinging no you were nothing. swinging the woolly bug with no bobber. Yeah, no bobber. Oh, uh, you man, My that's that's yeah. that's the way to be, buddy. I I honestly I would have had it under a bobber and I would have been twitching you the goddamn have. living shit out of it just honestly, so it's going down there and going like this. Honestly, until man, one of them I, snaps I, out I, and just rah. Jade have been yelling at himself, going man. Man, no, I would I, 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 I would have just had my rod up so high you'd never even touched. I can't get into the floats for him, man. It's just I love floating. I need my one ounce bobber, please. Can I have an extra one ounce bobber, please? Pinner J. Or not one ounce. Uh, what is it? The uh, the one, the big the big ones. The one uh, the one inch. Think yeah. Think of a bobber. Yeah, big old one and a quarter up I'll in. Give, oh yeah. I'll give you a flathead float. 
<laughs> Give you a nice foam cork. I love the indicator. I'm the most fun. I, I that's my. I love it. I love watching the. Even if it's a hopper dropper, it's like, oh, look at the hopper. Look at the dry fly. Look at the dry fly. Look at the dry. <laughs> you know, I get just. It's just. It's something to me. It's like, look at the bobber. <laughs> you know, there's something to it. But you know, hey, at least you're out there doing it the hard way, and the real way. It was rewarding. I, sure I mean, especially that was the last fish I caught today was the brown. That was the last fish I landed, and it was nice. right so, as I was getting ready to walk right back to the truck. You putting that work in on the uh, on the fl- on the vice, tying the fly, put, and then applying what you know to the steelheading and, and catching your first fish on the fly, or basically fly you tied. Man, did did you I, did you get the kind of satisfaction I got? That was full circle, man. It, it was. It was a small moment after the first one. You know, catching the small little stalkers that that I mean, they'll hit a freaking plastic spoon if you throw it in there with a hook on it. But you know, catching those bigger fish and especially actually watching that brown eat the fly that I tied, yeah, that was a good day. Yeah, full circle gave me definitely a sense of satisfaction out of it. Did it uh, give you as much uh, satisfaction as our uh, our next topic, which is going to be? Uh, we put out a video. On our Instagram, uh, of Jim uh, catching a muskie that he put into a, that, that went into the figure eight with him. Uh, Mark sat here and picked it apart. I mean, we we're just we we're just having fun with it. I mean, you, you obviously you put the fish you put the fish in the gut. No, you put the fish, fish in, the in the bag. So, is yeah, a fish you, in the yeah, bag. Exactly. So you pegged it you good. I pegged hey, it you, good. You, you're <laughs> damn right. I pegged it good. <laughs> you pegged it good, I buddy. This shit out of that. That fish. you know you where it gets the peg thing from? That must be a pinner thing. <laughs> They must they must peg fish. That's a sure. I, that sounds that that's sounds a north, a, that's a northeastern story. I'll let you tell you yeah, how yeah, you, you want. Know, that, that's a pinner uh, thing. That's a pinner yeah. thing that you're talking about. I think your search it. history would say otherwise. <laughs> Mine? Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, you know me. I'll peg everything. I lo- I'll, I'll even be on the receiving end. So, um, <laughs> where do I go from there? Uh, so we're insta famous now, and it was your video. Uh, you know, again, walk us through a little bit about, you know, I don't know why it went so nuts. Why Why do you think it went nuts? Why does any, have, why do any of us think it went just absolutely bonkers? I have no idea. I mean, just the algorithm loved us that day. I think it's yeah. me just there. You haven't posted a reel in a long time. It sent it off, and then it was a good video, which showed something that a lot of people don't get to see. You know, get to see that figure. I mean, there's, but right now, there's not a lot of people out there posting it. So it it took off, and it just, yeah, that just rolled from there. Yeah, and it was, it was a good video too. It was, like, it was framed well. It looked good. Uh, It wasn't too long, and you know, boom, right away. Here we go. A lot of people commenting. Too. Money shot. I think a lot of Figure people eight. wanted to comment on my grunting oh. and groaning. Sure, no, even that, like, like no audio. I think that played a difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you have no audio on yours? No, on mine, I have an audio on mine. Okay, yeah. I, I just, you gave me the video. I just, all I do is. Everybody's I, just listening to me. <laughs> I didn't even know it would be in, I didn't even know it was going to be a reel. I didn't know anything about the reels, but I just tried to post that video. And then it said, you have to basically make it a reel. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Because I don't know anything. Um. And then, you know, next day I wake up and it's like, oh, man, it's got a little bit of traction. I'm like, damn. A little bit of traction. Yeah. No, but then the next day when I woke up, I was, what, I posted on Tuesday. And uh, I wake up Wednesday and I'm like, I go to work and I'm like, 
you know, working with Dad, you know, or I was actually working with the other uh, my other buddy Tim, fishes with us, and uh, and I'm like, man, you know, this thing's starting to get a little bit of traction. You know, it's got to have like 400 likes or something. You know, like, do you ever get it? You ever got that many? You know, and we don't have we don't you know we I don't have an account that has anything likes like that. We I don't I'm not really a social media whore or anything like that, so I don't understand at all. So. You know, honestly, like, I'm not on here just posting all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't mean that one. He's like, I'm not dancing around in a bikini. Yeah, I got I no idea what these 500 like kind of things are. I don't even mean it that way. I mean <laughs> it as in, like, meteor. that's not my, like, what I'm on top of all the time. I'm not, you know, I don't know the social media shit. I'm not, don't know the algorithms. I'm not out here posting all the time. That's not my thing. But, you know, just to, you know, just put the video out there and put the click and then. You know, like I said, it, I'm like, ask my buddy. I'm like, oh, man. He's like, then, you know, uh, as I'm going through work, I check it, you know, like halfway through the day, I m- change some music. I'm like, I look on there and it says, you got like 600 more fucking likes. And I'm like, oh, my God. Holy cow. Now we're, wow, now. Okay, we're getting some traction. And, you know, then I started texting you guys like, man, this thing got like, you know, Couple, couple hundred likes, you know. Now we're going. I mean, or a couple thousand likes. Now, now, wow, wow. Okay, a thousand, two thousand likes. And I'm like, we're in the stratosphere. Oh my gosh, you know. And <laughs> like, oh my god, dude, that dad, look at this. There's over a hundred thousand people that have watched this video. And I'm like, I, I mean, to me, that just seems a lot. I mean, I don't know. These people that might be people that are on, that are social media people. They probably think, look at this, like. Like, this uh, is nothing. Uh, peasants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just another, peasants. Di- just another uh, day in the uh, office you know, for yeah, the Instagram if you're Zion <laughs> Will- If you're Zion Williamson in his account, sure, you're looking at ours like, oh, well, that's nothing. I do that daily. But, you know, for us little local guy, fishermen guys, you know, I mean, that's a lot of... And then, then it just then, then it went nuts. I think like Thursday. Once it, it went, hit Thursday, it was like, yeah. boom. It was like bonkers. Next thing I know, I'm like, boom, wake up, 5,000, 8,000. I'm like, it's 8,000, babe. It's at eight thousand. I woke her up. She's like, I'm like it's it. She's like, would you shut the f- up about this goddamn Instagram post? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, babe. I'm and you know. So then she started playing along nicely, like my wife should and would, you know. And you know, and it just went from there. It's shit at eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand likes or whatever it is now. I think eleven hundred five. Right now, it is four hundred and eighty nine thousand views. And Thank and you, I, and everybody who another, has viewed it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Jim's watched it 480,000 times. So. No, it was 422. 422. Yeah, I'm the other, I'm the other 10,000. <laughs> As it was going up, I'm like, man, have I watched that this many times? Yeah. yeah no, yeah. but it went up quick. And it, yeah. And it, no, it went, but it went, you know, it, when it, was go, it went up pretty quick. And I was like, wow, it, it was for me, it was fun. I mean, it hopefully got us. It didn't get us any on the last time. Hopefully, it gets a few more listeners. I mean, if it gets two more listeners, you know, or two more people that want to, and you know, it was all created out of pure fun. Sure, and That's it was yeah. The best part about it, just pure yeah. fun. That That's was it too. You know, for us, it was just it was just a cool video I saw that Jim made, and it was like, oh, I gotta I gotta put it out there for us, and you know, I tell you what, the cool hey. part is too is look back at how much went into that. Yeah, I mean, look, how many times have you screwed up a fish like that yeah. to get to where yeah. you actually did the right thing? Yeah, and how many? You know, a couple ish. fish before that, half right thing, yeah, half right thing. Don't let yeah. him, don't let him tell me I did the right thing. He just ripped me apart like 
an hour ago. That was that was off the air though. At least he's being nice yeah. on air. But even like was it like a week or two before you like brought them videos and you're like, hey, look at these. I'm like, yeah, you did this, you did this, and you went back and you did everything right. Like I was telling you, I said the one thing you did to trigger that fish was 100 percent is when you overran that fish and he readjusted and he came back on it. If you'd have let him come back up and nose that fly, he'd have just kept nosing it. But as soon as he came up, you ripped it quick and then went up and hung it, and that fish just immediately was on it. And it's stuff like that that, I mean, over the time of screwing up and messing up, you learn. And to be able to get into that situation to do that and then get it on video, heck yeah. So, you know, that's going to just take us right into our next little topic here. Um, you know, when you got that fish to come up the bank with your fly, and, you know, it's a good-sized fish. You know, my honestly, me... I'm I'm a big I'm a big oh god I get I get I get all worked up I'd, I'd be I'd be losing my mind and you seem like you were pretty calm and I fuck I I messed up so many different times that honestly you know seeing it, a fish there again I'm like okay we're here again let's just go ahead and let's try to play it out it it's just it took That's that many how many figure man. how many times have you had a fish in into the figure eight before that oh man I mean. I got probably half a dozen different fish in the figure eight on film alone. And then I had a couple different T-bone hits out there that fish have popped off when I've been trying to reach for the net and stuff. I've lost three fish, like, reaching for my net. So, I mean, it was it was heartbreak getting up to the first one. But the, the second one that I ended up catching, I mean, it was just after I, I started looking for tail, like, the tail twitches. Like, I keep hearing Mark talk about the tail twitches and watching the tail twitches. And I started after, you know, seeing that many fish come in and, you know, make that pattern and rotation on me and everything. You start to see whenever that fish is that fish is hot, it wants to move on it. And then you just, you know, speed is everything. You know, you dig it really quick and that fish takes off and it just it goes into kill mode. So even in a scenario like that, or, and, you know, a lot of the talk is: Are you figure eighting every time you bring the fly in? Oh, you have yeah. to. Or are you I like mean, even, even like a, that a, a, and, and that's an a, that's an a, you're standing on the sh- on the bank of a, of a creek. I mean, we're not you're not on a boat in a big ass lake. Position you yourself and think proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. Because I would have caught that one fish prior had I not jammed its face down into the dirt, and luckily <laughs> it came back, and I was able to get it a couple hours later. But if you're on a bank and you're in an area, put yourself in a position where you're going to figure eight. Put your rod in there and start figure eighting before you make a cast and make sure you can get the reach and you can make the turn wide enough to do it. Because if you get a good fish come in here and you can't make a wide enough turn, you're going to snub him and he's going to turn off right there and he's going to spin around and leave. Because you're going to turn that fly way too quick. He can't turn on it. He's going to run out of room, hit the edge of the bank, and he's going to spin off and go. So you've got to think about them things prior, regardless of where you are, because it will cost you a fish. Yeah, and, and it doesn't even matter if you see it or not. I mean, if you're in a couple feet of water, that fish is usually below below the, the fly, so you might not see it. If it's coming in lower and it's not coming in hot while you're stripping in, there are fish underneath the boat, there are fish underneath, you know, undercut bank. If you're on a drop-off, you might not see that fish, but you still need to eat every time. Even if even well, if you don't see a fish, what was that a couple in. weeks ago? That second fish I moved, I made four or five figure eights, and they came straight in parallel to me. Hmm. It's just boom, just showed up, just boom, there he was. And he didn't eat, but he still made a round or two with a fly. That was four or five later. Well, I mean, a lot of them 
on some of, some of that footage that I have on those fish that I've missed in the figure eight, I've been sitting there and I've made, you know, five or six passes and then the fish comes in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I figure half a dozen, half a dozen turns that that's usually my go-to before yeah. I go ahead and recast. I think you learned that lesson on that one that came shooting up about three feet out of the water. Yeah, and they rocketed out. It looked like it said SpaceX on the side of that muskie. Yeah, and <laughs> shot, it's just like anything like three else. Foot out of the water next to the boat, almost. I mean, anything else you do, whenever you get good at it, you don't think about it anymore. Your mind's in another place, and you're just naturally doing it. It's the same thing with musky and figure eighting, but it's all in experience and time. The more time you spend on the water, the more experiences you have with them fishing. You get to that. It doesn't take a lot, but once you start putting them one, two, three, four, five figure eights under your belt, you're going to see exactly like he was saying with that tail. And Willen was the one that brought that up on the podcast. And he's the one you start to see that fish shakes. It's like it's excited. Same like a dog. You walk in the house and that dog, I mean, if he's excited to see you, he's going the whole way through his body. If that dog's like, all right, I'm just going to go outside, his body's straight. And the same thing with a muskie. When he's ready to eat, that's gonna, you're going to start seeing that movement back in there. And when you go in there figure eights, and everyone's going to be different because, like, you're talking lakes, you get the rivers, you get different times of the year. Like right now with pressured fish, you know, if you're like, I'm, I'm watching for the telltale signs of what that fish does. But now that I think back on it, what I'm really doing with like pressured fish is I'm using a lot of speed off the back, off the front. As soon as that fish comes up to the fly, speed real quick to a turn. That's what's getting them to twitch. But it all depends on the time of the year in the lake. In watching just time after time, if that fish goes around three, four, five times around and he ate, Chances are he's going to want to go at some point, but there's something in there that's not triggering him, and it's watching that movement of that fish before he busts. At some point he will. Yeah, and it's, like you said, it's speed, and sometimes it's depth. It's and depth, yeah. and it can be sometimes it's too short. You're not making them turns wide enough. If you get them turns wider, sometimes you're cutting them too short, and it's just on a bigger fish. It doesn't like that. But a lot of times, too, yeah, depth. If you get it up and he keeps nudging it and he doesn't want to go and he keeps nudging it, take that rod if you're on the boat, drop the one knee all in one motion, and boom, and bury that rod and bury your hand to the water and get that fly from six inches under the water to nine foot now. That fish will eat it down underneath that almost every single time. But a good, fun setting on them. Yeah, I was going to say the one thing to make to make freaking certain of was when you bury your rod in the water, you, Make sure your other hand is beside that hand. And so you don't have a jet head hovering above it. Also that. But so you can strip set. Because so many times you'll you'll leave your body where it is and your hand up by your waist and you'll throw that rod down in the water and you don't have any room to strip set. So leave your hand by your other hand. When you do plunge it down so you can get a set. And also, like Mark said, make sure there's not a jet head directly above it. You know what they are, right? Strip sets. Yeah. They're free. Aww. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. No, they're free. Mark had the right answer. They're free. Use them. It don't matter if it's the rock. I feel like you looked into my soul. No, I just was saying <laughs> it, it's it's because you, you know it's it's cause if you haven't listened to hundred podcasts, you podcast, weren't you even been, there, man. Okay. No, I'm saying you know in general, just uh, for any fish, I don't care what it is, strip set your sack off. You know, strip sets are free. That's one of the things. They're free. Use them all. That's Everyone what? you got strips, not lifts. Yep. That's why I've got that sticker on my boat, you know, Jesus peeking around the corner that says I, stra- I saw that. If you, <laughs> if you trout set on my boat, I'm going to point at that sticker and point right at you. Like, Jesus saw you trout set. 
<laughs> Jesus loves them. musky. Oh, sure, yeah. Who doesn't? Well, hey, on that, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come up back with uh, local events, uh, things we got going on around here, and I'm going to talk a little funniness about my Pittsburgh trip. Hey, that was a lot longer for us than it was for you. Um, we're coming back with uh, Chris. Went to Cabin Fever. We're going to cover uh, our local events, and then uh, I'm going to go off the rails. I'm yeah. going to start doing shots right now. Oh, great. <laughs> so yeah. when, I, when you guys leave, you'll be like, are you going to go to work tomorrow? It'll be just be like last week. My yeah, wife I was like, are you going to go to work today? I like, yes, I'm going to work. I left last week, and I was like, there is no way. Jay lives through the night. I got a lot of shit done. <laughs> I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of. St- I got a lot of stuff done at work the next day. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Got, I got. I was in. Uh, still running wires in an attic, but hey. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It, uh, we ended the night with you trying to put me in a wrist lock, <laughs> and Shane going, "You just gotta stop. He'll kill you. Stop, stop, Jay." And I'm like, "No, he's fine. It doesn't even hurt. We're we're, we're okay." <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh so there you go. There, that's where my. It's not going to be tonight, but uh, we're, you know. I hey, one of those this. those podcasts. This hey, at least we didn't say f you at the end and leave oh, each other. Hello, I don't know. Yeah. It was probably like ten thirty. At and Jay, least Jay's like, hey, you know, I I know a guy that did martial arts. Let me show you. I was like, Jay, okay. No, I took. I actually took like six years of it. But mm-hmm. he's like, I'll show you a wrist lock. Yeah, not. But yeah, <laughs> not not after sixty five fucking beers and three shots. <laughs> I was a yellow belt. Damn it. <laughs> It's not working, a little Jay. further than that, but yeah, no, it, it was, uh, yeah, no, not after all that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Please, please put me to the floor, please, officer. <laughs> I need a taser. It was, it was funny. It was. But Did you uh, have a can of mace for me? Uh, I needed no, it. I needed it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I went to Cabin Fever today. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to make it down to International Angler yesterday to see Kelly do his uh presentation. But I took my boys, six and three, to Cabin Fever today, and it was it was pretty nice. I got to tell you, though, it was packed. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people, which is great. I mean, that's great for that local TU chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 bucks to get in. Not bad. The kids got in free, and everybody there was so nice to the boys, uh, giving them free swag, and it was... It was great. A uh, lot, lot of, lot of fly, fly tying stuff. A lot of fly tying vendors. Uh, the natives guys were there. Risen was there. Uh, Mark's buddy with the with the feathers. Uh, it was it was pretty well attended. A lot of vendors. Uh, I ran into Kelly Gallup. Said hi to him. Uh, just, you know, just saw him in the hallway. I didn't want to tie him up the entire time because I mean there was like a line of people waiting to say hi to Kelly. I'm getting a look like I said something wrong. No, I'm just thinking if Jade had been in that situation, he'd have just like waited for him to walk by and did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? No. I would have I would have probably been like, Kelly, my old friend. You know, like, hey, that's my guy, dude. Are you kidding me? My guy. We, we talked for, gosh darn, an hour in his shop. He probably talks to every guy for an hour in his shop. But, hey. I don't think he can He's talk just, for less than an hour. He is no. just that type of guy. Yeah. When, I, when I called a month ago, it was 45 sports. minutes. Yeah, he loves yeah. the sports so much. He just he loves talking. He's he's that kind of guy. He's a great personality and a great ambassador, yeah. absolutely, for the sport. S- super nice guy. We talked for maybe a minute, minute and a half, because my boys uh, don't stand still. <laughs> but it was it was nice. It was nice to go, and I think I was there for 45 minutes. I ran into Raz. I ran into my buddy Bob Petty. He was uh, he was there with Related his cousin. to Richard. No, not at all. Uh, he was a, he's our he's my ex kayaking guide buddy, the guy that's gonna 
Nice. Take yeah. us down the class threes to fish. But uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, and that's that's really it for the cabin fever. I didn't go for any of the presentations. There was some casting instruction that I I walked in on and realized I wasn't supposed to be there. So we turned around and yeah, the it's at the Double Tree and it was not a huge huge venue, but it was big enough for all the vendors that were there. And that was Cabin Fever. So, Mark, Muskie Max is coming up. What's going to what, what's going to be there? What are you going to have? <laughs> uh, you know, you you, no, no, you Where do you want me to go with that? <laughs> Well, I mean, that you're, it's one of our upcoming events. What what are people going to see at Muskie Max? You've been there for a couple of years. What are you know when you're going to walk into Muskie Max? What is there to offer? What you're going to see is a line at the front door, and as soon as the gates open, the first hour, everybody's going to blow to Baker Bates. And there's a couple guys there. There's going to be a handful of like that sell usually mainly a lot of their baits at the show. Uh, a lot of it's it's mainly a gear, and that's kind of why I do it. I've been to Cabin Fever Cabin Fever before. It's nice. It's got a lot of people in it, but it's just for what I do, it's easier to directly work with the musky guys rather than this, the trout guys. It's just fielding the same questions all day long. And Trout guys, when they looked at your flies when I was there with you, they looked at you like you had three assholes. Yeah, it's just it's a tough day. It is. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just a lot of people don't get it. And it's, you know, when you're there spending money to go into a show, you're there to make money. And it's tough to do it at a trout show. So even though it is gear, everybody at least understands what they're there for. And a lot of last year, we had a lot of people asking to throw flies on gear rods. So I got Ryan Evans. He's making up a bunch of spinner blade attachments to go onto a bunch of them. And I'm going to have some bigger gear flies, too. It'll be a handful of them there. But then I'll have a big, wide variety of all of everything. Got a pretty good selection so far. But uh, gear-wise, though, I mean, they've got tons of rods. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot if anything else fly-wise. But you've got a lot of rod guys, and you've got mainly a lot of it's beer, uh, bait makers. So anything from glide baits to woodwork to soft plastics to blades to you name it, a lot of guides, uh, a lot of West Virginia. So if you're interested in kind of what's going on with like the West Virginia side, because a lot's been going on there lately, a lot of big fish. There's a lot of West Virginia people down there. It's pretty close to West Virginia, Yeah, too. yeah, Cannonsburg. So, I mean, we're... Not too far from the airport. But yeah, I mean, a it's... a lot of good musky fishing in West Virginia. Yeah, and It's I'll a good show. Lax is there. There's separate tax. I mean, they're going to have a couple boats there. They do some seminars uh, Saturday, I believe. There'll be some seminars going on. Nice. It's two-day, Saturday, Sunday. I believe it's the same 15 to get in. Yeah, and I'll... That'll and be March 4th and 5th. Yeah, this week, coming up, this Saturday, Sunday. Well, nice. I know you'll be down there Saturday, Chris. Yep, I'm going down Saturday all day. He, he'll be down there shaking hands and kissing babies. Mm-hmm. We'll be, uh, you know, preaching the word of the SVS Fishing Podcast. People listening about musky fishing. Uh, you know, I'll be down there Sunday. I'll be up there Sunday, be an idiot. Too. I'll be up there Sunday. Sweet. Jim and I'll be, be loud, obnoxious on Sunday. I'm going to be drunk oh, before we oh, even... Uh, I'm not going to be time. getting drunk during a podcast, but we won't be doing a podcast next week. We'll be down at Muskie Max. But we'll be back to talk about it the week after. Yep. Uh, and to piggyback off something Mark said, uh, the, the biggest one of my bigger takeaways from the Beast is how many of the Nittany Valley guys are not just fly curious, but good fly anglers primarily uh, gear fishermen, mm -hmm. but still fly fish. So there's a good opportunity to hit some either fly curious guys at the 
to connect with some, I don't know how to phrase this to uh, try to sell flies to some fly curious guys uh, at Muskie Max uh, or the guys that are throwing flies regularly. Well, yeah, and if you take a musky angler that's a gear angler and they're looking at a fly they're looking at because, A, it's something different that they want to get into or mm-hmm. they're looking at it as, as an avenue that's going to help them. So all that they really got to do is get a rod in a line, what have you, and they're already ready to go. For a trout angler, yeah, you got to get a rod in a line, but that's a whole new undertaking. Yeah. I mean, you are just talking a whole new realm. Now, you got all new waters. You have all new tactics. You have all new ways to fish. It uproots everything you've done. Where for musky guys, he's just doing the same thing. He's just taking another rod in there and just learning how to fly cast. You're just taking everything that you've learned for the last however many years you've been doing and you're throwing it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. So it is. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a whole new realm. But and there's a lot of trout guys that don't cast more than 30, 40 feet. No. Uh, and you know, casting a, a a dry fly 30 feet is a little different than throwing a 12 inch Buford. 80 feet clearly or in my case 30 feet (laughs) (laughs) or in bam's case about 110 yeah Yeah. hey whatever you gotta do to get it out there cover water baby as long as you're out there a lot yeah it's a good show um it was a good show last year i'm looking forward to this year have a little wider selection i don't know if we'll bring quite as much because i brought a lot of like five of six of some and i was like i don't need quite that many of each one so I'm kind of necking that down a little bit and going for more of a wider variety this year. Good. It'll be awesome. So uh, come Heck to Muskie yeah. Max next weekend. March 4th and 5th, we will be at, where is that at, Mark? Princecape Arena in Canberg, PA. Awesome. And uh, next thing I think in the line of you know time for us, well, for me for sure, is the Mentored Youth Day in Pennsylvania. Uh what day is that? That is March 25th. It's pretty early this year. They Well, they moved up. Last year, they moved first day of trout season up to... April 1. Yeah. but Well, basically, with the rest of the state, they are, they moved ours up. and Because it used to be the southeast part of the state was like a week before ours. And then the rest of it would open up. And our basic, our mentored youth day would be their first day. Well, they kind of changed it where they moved ours up so we could have an extra week to fish. And knowing that the fish may die during the summer gives us an extra week to fish them. And take them, apparently rednecks will just take them all out and they'll eat them. I don't, really. I'm a couple on that day, but that's my favorite day. To take the kids out to the trout stream before anybody else gets a chance. And those kids just whoop the living shit out of the fish. And it's my favorite thing in the whole world. It's like... I have a few favorite days and times in the year for fishing. That's it. Oh, that's got. That's right there. My top two to three. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Even in the trips I get to take with the guys, you know, that's still just. That's my favorite. I love watching the kids' faces while they're whooping the crap out of the fish. And Jim, you're more than welcome to come down there and bring your son down, and just whoop the living crap out of the fish with us. <laughs> it's it's so it is it's a lot of fun you too like if it's yeah. a, if that's something you want to do like I'd love to get a kid Chris is gonna bring Jim and say it's his kid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kid his name is Jim Jim shave your beard off before Penner you what beard <laughs> there's like there's like seven there might there might be like seven kids down there that might not even have. Uh, extra parents to help them. So, I mean, I my, my brother-in-law should be there. 
usually my whole family's there. All the all the our my sister, my mom, my wife, you know, blah blah. This guy's this kid's grandma. This kid's this is this is you know, and they're all bringing food down there. There's usually donuts and all kinds of stuff. So, what was the date again for this? This is going to be March 25th. It's Saturday, uh, and uh, first day last year. No, it was really really cold. It oh, was sorry, it really was cold, it was yeah. it was wonderful, minus the cold and the kids were all bundled the crap you know and it got a little warmer as the day went on but not a lot you know and the water was freezing as the kids are just holding these fish and you know their hands are freezing cold but their faces are just all smiles you know it's such a good time my daughter caught like eight fish ten fish and she's like dad can i go over there and hang out with pam and eat some donuts like, yeah, you can go hang out with Pam and eat donuts and grandma and eat donuts and cookies, whatever. You already caught your 10. So I would get my 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 uh, nephew over there with me. And it, and at this point there's this his grandpa, who he's all he'll 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 be there uh this year too, and I'm sure. And he's up there. Hey Jay, there's there's a palomino right there. I'm like, I I I could see him. I could see him. And he would I had lose him here and there and he'd be like he had the high side up on the cup bank. Yeah, he's over here, you know. And so at this point, you know, I'm allowed to fish too. I'm out there mentoring the kids, and he's there with me. So I peppered this fish until it basically hooked. As soon as I saw it was hooked and it started to come out of the water, I just handed the, the rod to my nephew. And boy, he just, the, the look on his face, was, it was priceless. It was a nice 17-inch Palomino. Nice. He reels this thing in, and it's going just bonkers, you know, and you could see it doing everything. And it was the year before my daughter got a nice Palomino and it just, I don't know, that stuff take, and that was all on her own. She's, she's old enough. She just fishes on her own now. You know what I mean? You just go, go out there. You see what they are. You put them a Joe's flyer, MEPS or whatever, those kind of little, any kind of little tiny spinner. It's all over. And it's just, man, wait till your kids are getting out there and doing it. You're going to, you're going to have such a good time. It's just, man, it's such a ball. God, I love it. Take yours with you now. Yeah, I'm going to take them. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, I'm going to take yeah, them this year. I think that's a good time. Pick I up some I'm trout magnets. There's a big yeah. creek there. We usually eat up the whole spot. We must have caught 70 fish last year. Awesome. So it just and then you could walk down like my I can even walk down with my kid to a couple other little spots where you could swing it. You could cast your. And it's almost the the early learning that whole thing. I, I drove it's past a, it a couple weeks ago. Man, did that change? Yeah, it did. It did a lot. Like 30, 40 yards ish <laughs> yeah. got pushed down. I mean, it's yeah, it like did. not much, like not little. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It changed at like the end of last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still it's a great big spot, great big hole. It's all nice and fishable. If you could wade your kids across, it's e- a little easier. If not, it doesn't even matter. You just pull the trout up the bank. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. From the Erie Shuffle. Yeah, you're. <laughs> they're just stock drop, but it's still. It's just like, gosh. Pull a just, Chad. Like I just remember. Gonna, oh yeah. Pull a Chad? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, oh, I usually. Man, I usually that was f- great. Have you guys ever heard about that one? He did that, and then Go ahead. right at the end of the day, like everybody had caught and everybody's ready to leave. It's like right at the end, he goes in with this trout magnet and hooks this absolute giant. Like, it's like tw- 24. 24 inches. Huge. Wow. Rainbow. <laughs> Massive and fish. And deep as hell. That's cool. Oh, but yeah. we ended up we ended up beating it. Yeah, it was a good fish. Yeah. So the kids got the, you know, experience taking fish and eating it too. You know what I mean? Whatever. I mean, at least 
Somebody ate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's good. Yeah, you know, it did die, but you know, had to die. They're stock trout. Yeah, they're stock trout. They're gonna, they're gonna die in a couple months anyway. Yeah, if the eagles don't get them, it's all. like a fish yeah. stick that's still swimming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, the first day of trout, it is my intent to be at the mouth of any one of those stocked trout streams that lead into my river. Sure. <laughs> the last three years of <laughs> trout season, the first day, I have went brook trout fishing. That's my one time I've went brook trout fishing almost every year. I've went on the first day of trout season and walked past every one of the trout anglers and just went right up and went brook trout. Hey, there you go. I've, I may I, do that I do a lot of it now. Year. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm a, I don't do. know why, but like that first day, I like get this like a little bit of that spirit. But I'm like, I don't want to go fish for stock trout. I'm like, perfect day to go fish for brookies. Yeah, that's I'll go, what I usually do. I'll go fish for muskie that want to eat stock trout out of the mouth of those creeks. Usually, I'll go with dad. And my brother-in-law will go, and his dad, uh, and we'll go out. And then a couple of weeks, I'll just start floating trout streams. Right. So you know, on if you're not you know catching a Wild brown, you're going to catch a you know bunch of rainbows. That at least it's keeping you busy between them all, and a few smallmouth in between. So yeah, small maybe a muskie, maybe if you're lucky <laughs> in the tributaries to you know where you fish. Be a good day for a pike float. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it would be a good day for a pike float. <laughs> they would love us. Oh man! You know, I oh, so funny. <laughs> I just, I just want to be there just to put the camera on and watch how many people scream at us. I did it during COVID, uh, and there were a lot of people on the creek. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. You know, you're talking about where I'm talking about. Well, pike that, float. that's why they backed up our trout opener was during COVID. Because people were going nuts. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, we stocked these fish already. We're going to back up trout opener so you well, guys can at least get Well, yeah, they, ran, they opened it up like a random Tuesday. Yeah. Because my dad was at the Walmart because they were waiting on Saturday to take the kids out and stuff like that. And I'm like, he's like, they just opened up trout season. And I'm like, yeah, Jace just called me and told me we're on our way. <laughs> so we ran down there to the creek with my daughter, you know, and just she put a whooping on them that year. And that was quite a little while ago. Yeah. yeah three years. Yeah, so. Can you believe that COVID was three years ago? Thank gosh it's all way past. Right. So, hey, because since we're not in COVID, where are we going to get out to? We're going to have the, after you get out for Mentored Youth Day, you're going to come to the FT, FT3 in F3 Franklin. F3T. In Franklin, yeah. Yeah, F3. F3T, free tofu. F3T. See, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm halfway on my way there. Give me three more shots, guys. I'm going to start rambling. Tell me again, Dale Jr., Hey, there we go. We're coming. Hail. We're coming around the left corner. <laughs> Can't dodge them, ramble. Hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, F three F three T. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. F three T in Franklin on April twenty second. We are nailing down the times. We we had a little technical hip, hiccup with their uh, marketing page, so tickets aren't out yet. But they really should be this week. <laughs> Uh, look for the Franklin, Pennsylvania. Uh, it will be at the Barrow Civic Theater, but the pre-party is going to be at Trails to Ales 2, and same with the after party. And yes, Jay, you need to buy a ticket. What's that? Barrow? You said what now? The Barrow Civic Theater. Barrow Civic. Is where we are showing the event. The pre and after party will be at Trails to Ales 2 uh, in Franklin. And awesome. And we think we're going to get started at 2 for the pre-party, have the showing at 5, 
And then after the show, uh, back to the brewery where we'll, you know, put, put the Blu-ray on, have it playing in the background, and just hang out and have a good time. And we will be giving away uh, anything? Yeah, there's the, there's the typical prize package, plus uh, we've acquired at least one more pair of Costa glasses, a Yeti cooler, a couple Ramblers, so there's going to be some nice prizes at this. I think we're going to save some for before the event, do some, uh, do some raffles before the event, and then we'll do some raffles at the after party as well. So we hope to have a lot of swag. And kids can come to the before and after party. Kids can come to the before party and the show. I don't know that I would recommend the after party. I'm just I'm just asking, you know, for if, you know, if people have their kids there, if the, you know, getting, you know, just swag or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, before and the show, I don't know that uh, the brewery would be allowed to have children in there after a certain amount of time, but I can clarify that with the owners. Cool. Because I don't want to jeopardize their liquor license. Of sure. Course. Yeah. No. No. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Parental Absolutely. Discretion is advised. That's right. Always. So, I'm gonna. Uh, how much time we have left? We got, uh, got a couple minutes. As much as we want. Uh, well, not as much as we want. Um, yeah, I got to leave, but. Yeah, I'll just get into it quick. Cool. Uh, Instead of fishing this weekend, you know, sometimes you have to give a little to get a lot, you know, and especially in you know my situation, I fish a lot and take a lot of time away and, you know, but it was time to go to Pittsburgh, hang out with the family, do some fun stuff. And the fun stuff was uh, Carnegie Science Center and the Carnegie Science Center is really cool. My wife put a nice little weekend together for us down there and I, I, I appreciated as it was going on, I appreciated more, you know. Uh, one of my uh, another friend of ours, Devin, he had a he went hit and traveled like 200 miles and went to a bunch of little brook trout streams and places to catch nice wild trout. And I'm like, oh, could be with Devin right now, but you know, and you know, instead I was down there and it was, but you know, when it all came through full circle, it was it was a lot of fun and I appreciated being down there as well. Went down to Pittsburgh, uh, we spent the day at Carnegie. It was fun. It, uh, it, it, I went down there as a kid. On you know field trips and things, and my parents took you know parents took us down there and stuff like that, and that was always a good time. So it was fun to see my kid get to run around there in the same area. I was a deviant the whole time. Um, I was like a 15 year old running around with a bunch of kids. Uh, what did I do? Uh, I was put. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, this was fun. Yeah. So there were kids that there was like a rover exhibit. They had like a space exhibit, like if we can ever live on Mars, and. Uh, they had this thing where you could control the little rover in a nice little area, and you could like move this. There were two rovers in there, and you could like move them around and stuff. And so, you know, Jay's standing there in line, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm a 15 year old. Like every other parent's like around watching, you know, like all all these milfs and everything, and you know, and, and all, all this place was was yoga pants. Anyway, so did you peg him? <laughs> no, no pegging. No, no, my wife was the thing. Come on. No, and they no. do the pegging. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No, th- did any of them peg me? No, 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 they didn't. Uh, but I did push a kid over and yell at him for trying to cut in front of me before we used the rover. And then I got yelled at by his mother that was wearing yoga pants. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, oh, it was great. 
Like I was like, he was like trying to cut. I was like, I, like you know, get him one of these, and he like fell over like a little bitch. You know what I mean? And I'm like, come on, he kid. Because he was four. Yeah, exactly. Because he was four. <laughs> you know, four year old. Yeah, 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 like, I'm like, come on, man. What the fuck? You can't. You can't. Well, you got to learn sometime. You're not allowed to cut. Okay, this is not okay. So yeah, I did that. That was fun. And then they were shooting these rockets off on the lower deck or on the lower floor. And you know how you walk that big spirally thing all the way up, you know? It's like all levels. Well, from the second floor, I was grabbing the rockets, you know, from over the balcony. And, you know, that went over well, too, as my wife is scolding me, and I'm throwing them back down to other parents, and they're laughing, you know. And it was I thought it was funny. They thought it was funny. My wife... Not so much? Oh, no, she just doesn't see the humor and all that kind of silly stuff. So I had a great time. Nice. I would have been rolling around in the water if she had let me, but, you know... Your your daughter told me that you guys watched uh, the new Avatar. Oh yeah, in three D, and she's like, "Although I gotta tell you, the ending was." And I went, "Nope, you gotta stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that." Here's an important lesson about spoilers. <laughs> it was great. I also <laughs> seen it in three D. It was a good time. Nice. Yeah, we, long uh, movie, long movie. It was a very long movie. Long Go ahead, very tell long. The end. <laughs> uh, but you wanted to hear about the end. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the ending. Um, so we're gonna get to that. No, uh, Don't so we me. no. Before this, we went to Purgatory, down in uh, down in the uh, what is that? The riverfront. Love me. In Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, I hadn't been there yet. Boy, now that's a damn good burger. And after two double IPAs, because you got to get your money's worth, right? Right. And so, boy, and all you had to do is stagger. You know, I did, did. We did have my daughter, or I did have my daughter with me, but you know, wife was there and. All we did she, to do is she made sure you yeah, were okay. She, my, yeah, she, 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 really, she Daddy's gonna hear some beers. Make sure I get over there. To she a walked me across the little like you know the the mall street to make sure I didn't get run over by anything. Daddy, look both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that was a great place to eat. Oh man, wife had it. Like I said, she had it all planned out. So, we ended up. We got done with that. All came in, and then we went and saw that movie, and it was it was it was a wonderful movie. Really long. Um, you know, dug down on the popcorn and the giant pop that I never drink any pop, but you know, you get a giant freaking pop and suck down on pop and popcorn and thirty seven eighty nine plus tax. It really wasn't as bad as I imagined. Good. I thought it would like there were like it was like fourteen bucks a ticket, which ain't that bad. You know, I mean, geez, you know, three D movie and giant ass theater, so I figured it'd be even worse than that. So even the, the I, I think they're trying to get. I think it's it's not gotten inflated as much because they're trying to get people to go to movies because all these movies are available basically at your house now. So they probably saw a huge decline in what they were doing or the, what the money they were making. So they couldn't make it any more expensive as it was anyway. So yep. it was no, it was it was a fun night out. It was actually you know, a good time. And then money well spent. Yeah, daughter money wanted to, well you know spent. she wanted to spend the night in a hotel room and you know do the whole swimming thing. So it was. It, and we did that too, and it was it was fun. Other than, here comes the fun. Here comes the fun for me. You know the stuff that made me damn near have a heart attack. So it's ten o'clock. We go back. We go swimming. We're all ready. You know I I can honestly you know I'm full enough. I had three so uh, two and a half sausage egg McMuffins and a half a hash brown on the way down because I ate whatever my daughter didn't eat and I ate the two you know my two you know sausage egg McMuffins and uh, you know and then I eat again at Burgatory, and I smash everything, plus basically what she didn't eat either, too, again, you know, some fool as hell, 
I'm like, I could just go to bed. My wife's like, I'm hungry. And now, and she's to the point where now she's tired a little bit, irritable, and hangry. So now it's hangry, angry wife that, okay, let's order a pizza. Well, every pizza place is like an hour and a half wait. Okay. Uh, you know, hell with it. I'll drive. I'll drive. Let's go find some food. You know, just find McDonald's. We'll go eat McDonald's and, you know, just come back, go to bed. Okay. Well, apparently she looks at McDonald's, and I'm not thinking myself either, and we drive right into Pitt, right into downtown, all or like into their the, the college area, Forbes, all that, you know. Oakland. Oakland, yeah. And there are kids everywhere. I mean everywhere. There are just... Define kids. Kids, kids, college kids from the ages of, I can't, tw- Eight, 18, 18 to 22, to 18 to 20, whatever it be, you know. All and right. Now define everywhere. Are we talking like mob status? Like, I mean, everywhere, dude. I mean, I, I lived on Ohio state campus for quite some time and boy, I was having flashbacks to living on campus. I mean, really, the the streets are like this narrow. They're double parked each way, and I mean, there are kids running in and out of the fucking streets. They're half dressed. Like I wouldn't even. Uh, so I, it was an episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, it was like, I'm trying not to hit kids. I'm not trying to hit other cars. I'm not trying to take off my mirror. You know, gosh, I'm. This is. It's ten o'clock, so it's like prime time. There's just kids screaming. My my, my daughter's like, what is this? She's never seen anything like this. She, we live in the middle of nowhere. We live in Amishville. This is college. <laughs> this is college. She's like, I, I don't I don't think I want to do any of this stuff. I'm like, good. Nope, I didn't think you did. I know a couple of your friends that will. Don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, holy hell. Oh, my gosh. Boy. And I and we go, we, we keep traveling. And we go, and she's like, all right, I found a Wendy's. We pull in, we cut, and it actually has a drive-thru. Get to this Wendy's. The line's out in the road. We're like out in the road still. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing this either. We keep going. And boy, finally we get to this. We're like, she's like, looks up this get-go. That's all the way over by, I think it's Shady Side. Yeah, you 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 keep going to Forbes. You yeah. get, you go, well, you'll get to Squirrel Hill yeah. unless you turn and go to Shady Side. Uh, yeah, well, we got there. And thank gosh, I'd been to this place. My mom was sick years ago. That's all, you know, and we were there quite a bit in that area. Thank gosh, we get to our get go. And, you know, we didn't, you know, McDonald's, oh, we'll save a little bit of money there, you know. And gosh, by the time we leave get go, you know, you're at a $50 bill, you know. Well, we had, I had to grab beer at this point because if not, I'm going to smash something over somebody's head. And so we had to, my wife's like, well, I can't drive back. Like, oh, God, here we go. So I sit in the parking lot and I drink, ha- I eat half my sub just for my mental sake, you know, just for me. <coughs> and I'm and then you called an Uber. No. And I went and got your car the next day. Right, Jay? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't drink any of the booze. <laughs> no, we, we drove Just back. enjoying that $5 foot long. And I did. Day. I ate half my sub and I set it down. And she's like, are you going to eat that whole thing? And I'm like, No. And I wrap it back up, hand it to her, and then we drive back all the way through hell again. And But not visual hell. No, no, you know what? <laughs> you, know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm like, well, the, the scenery could have been worse, you know? I mean, speaking of this get-go, holy 
I, I hope I'm not talking too loud. So my wife is <laughs> Holy moly. Holy moly. Uh, that's all I can say. I said, I goddamn hope my daughter never dresses like that. And I, you know, I actually, it was funny because my wife could, she's not fucking retarded. You know what I mean? She's a smart woman. And I like I, how you led with holy moly. Like immediately a bunch of curse words. After yeah, that. a bunch of stupid stuff. She's a very smart woman. And she, you know, I'm like, do you remember when you used to dress like that? Because I've known my wife since she was that age. And we were that age. So it was like, you used to dress in hoochie skirts. Up, you know, you have your asses hanging out. And there are holes everywhere in your skirt. You know, and, you know, just the and Like, oh. Geez, like, we would never do that now. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my god! Like, my wife's like, you know, we just the hair down, and you know, just it just, gosh, it just brought us back to the uh, the old days. It's like, geez, I hope our, I'm like again. I'm just, I hope my daughter never dresses like that. You know, from going to the days where you're like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, that's you know the greatest thing. Now, to me now thinking like, oh my god, my my daughter ever leaves the house, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna freak out. No, that's you know what I mean. You just become a dad real quick. You're like. Would you, God damn it, girl! Put some damn clothes on. Yeah, <laughs> put on a parka. Put some, put some clothes but on. Damn, you know? it's yeah. July. It's, it's, it's freezing cold outside. It's cold out there. Would you put a jacket on, kid? <laughs> That's where my mind actually goes. But I've gotten real daddish in my old days. Yeah, and girl daddish. Like yes. as boy dad. No, yes, as I boy dad. Like yeah. I love being a boy dad. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> such a, it's such a lovely life. You have all, you have all boys right now. Yeah, and our third one's a boy. Oh, you! It's it's a lovely life, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's simple, simple times. Mark's God, a girl, Dad. Yeah, my mine was super easy. I can't complain. My daughter. No, she's a good yeah, kid. Really? Yeah, she's very easygoing kid there, and she got into a lot of stuff that you know, I, mean, I I like. So it's easy. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, it's it's for sure. You know, mine's nice and quiet. That's easy. You can hear here. She's not a maniac. She doesn't run around upstairs too much. It's it's pretty. With boys, it's a lot harder to get them to do that. Yeah, mine don't do that at all. They'll, then they won't even at nine years old. I swear. <laughs> mine are absolutely nine-year-old ones. They're terrorists. I mean, you should have seen them at the cabin fever today. Running, around, they were wrestling in the middle of the one velociraptors of, <laughs> of children. <laughs> I mean, my youngest took my oldest to the ground, and they were wrestling while I was trying to pick out hackle feathers. Yeah, so we left. So did you get a good selection of hackle feathers? I did all right. I did all solid. right. Solid. Some pink. It's solid. I was looking for pink. Considering <laughs> what was risk, that's solid. <laughs> cool. So hey, I, that's that's all I got on my story. I mean, like I said, we got the good time weekends, and uh, now that means you know, I may have bought myself a few more days of fishing. There you go. When it becomes a little better for me. That was kind of my goal today as well, taking the boys away so my wife and her best friend could go shopping. There you go. March yep. 7th. go time. March 7th. So I'm in the clear. You got to give a little to get a lot sometimes, fellas. That's right. Uh, if you need uh, some uh, spousal planning so that you can fish, I'm your man. <laughs> I try to figure it out as best as I can. And with a third kid, you're going to have to figure it out a lot more. It'll be about the this, this same amount of effort that I have to put in to figure out how to go fish for six hours. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy now. Yeah, Chris is going to come back over and be like, uh, I'm going to be out of the podcast for a month and a half. Uh, maybe maybe like a week or two. 
You're going to go on maternity leave? <laughs> no, it's, that's paternity <laughs> leave. It's paternity. Yeah, it's ba- yeah, ba- whatever. Well, it may look like it, but I'm not having the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Mark, <laughs> who were we brought oh, to you by? God. Oh, Sims Fishing. Find him at simsfishing.com. Yeti, built for the wild. A-Rex hooks. We got Cortland Lines. And wait next week for the new one. Yeah, and friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth, Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies at Muskie Fool, and our new Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance and the Beast of the East. Thank you guys for tuning in.